Northern Pin Oak. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 20th of December, 2014. 15. God 15. damn it, what year is it? <laughs> it's not even 16 yeah. yet and you're still screwing it up. <laughs> Let me get it right. Hey, I haven't got it wrong before, so there you go. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today from the past, possibly, from like a whole year ago, uh, Zachary Burgess. Weird. And from the future of several days hence, Robert Kemp. I am from the world of tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, because that'd still be 2015. I am from the world <laughs> of, of uh, a couple of weeks from now. Woo! What's it like? Warm, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, very good, very good answer. It's can't get temperate. Much than it is, to be honest, in terms of December slash January temperatures. It is not December as we know it. Like what freaking, what is the temperature? Like It's like 11 degrees today. What the hell is going on, man? I what is a, temperature? <laughs> I was wearing a t- it's 13 where I am. Well, oh, bloody hell. That's ridiculous. I, I was walking around in a t-shirt yesterday, like outside. That's oh, crazy. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on, man. It's like I step outside, the t-shirt is still viable clothing. <laughs> It is indeed viable. Not very Christmassy, but there you are. It's like I was born in Newcastle. Why can't it be, like, cold for Christmas and then get mysteriously warm in the crappy months, like January and February? Wouldn't that be good? If it was super mild, if it was cold for... I think it ought to be cold for, like, fireworks night and for Christmas and then and then have a reprieve after that. But instead, it's the other way around. God damn it. But then, but then do people have to do, like, their shopping in, like, the cold months and, like... That's all right. Okay. Makes you get it done quicker. Yeah, and I don't know. Make a decision that's gold. It's not that bad because, like, the shops always make themselves... It's probably good for shops because they, uh, like, um, as long as it's not too cold because then it's really welcoming when they have the crazy heating going on. Mm. And, um, yeah. I mean, it is a bit awkward, like, going around the shops for Christmas shopping and everyone is like thicker than normal because they're all wearing so many layers (laughs) (laughs) so it's harder to get around not only is it more crowded everyone's slightly more volume to them (laughs) i I did make the mistake of walking through john lewis in cambridge yesterday oh god i might do that this week oh that was Um, so so the worst idea i've ever had it might not be a good idea yeah i don't know so busy so busy at least you've got that john lewis i think that's a good shot like uh, in in, it You'd think London would be perfect for that, but the, I don't like the John Lewis on Oxford Street. You can imagine how busy that fucking place is. And um, there aren't really. I mean, the only, there's one in, like, Stratford, I think, that I've been to, and that's a bit weird, you know, at, at like, Westfield. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that Cambridge one is a pretty good one. Um, but my brother recommended one in, on Sloane Square, so maybe I'll go there. But that sounds a bit posh, but apparently it's just John Lewis, so that's fine. There's the sort of John Lewis at home, sort of out-of-town one in Ipswich that's not yeah, there. Yeah, so that's true. Well, that that must be. I've not been to that. Is that more like a kind of warehouse type thing where it's bigger? Yeah, inside? sure. It's, it's got okay. like a waitrose on one side, and a, as I say, it's only like it's. They only describe it as John Lewis at home, so perhaps it's not the complete range. No, it won't have all the clothes and stuff, will it? Yeah. No, it has none of that. Has none right? Of that. Yeah, yeah. But that's good. That's not. It's all you. Don't probably, really need the clothing stuff that much. Probably slightly fewer curtains. I don't know. Do they have like a toy department and everything? Or is it mostly just home furnishings? Yeah, I don't think they do have a toy department. They have, ki- they have kitchen stuff, of course. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Plenty of kitchen stuff. <clears throat> that's most of the core stuff you 
really need. They, they've basically like <laughs> refined it down to yeah. the the purest form of middle class. Exactly. Yeah. And then stuck it in a warehouse in Ipswich rather than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, they put it out of town where the same... Oh, cool. man, this, cha- like this chair is getting squeakier. Sorry. Squeak chair. That's not going to help. I have to actually you... try not to move while I'm sitting. Any kind of movement causes a squeak. Because you're usually on the sofa, right, for, for casting. Yeah. You could have sat on the sofa, but you chose yeah, to. Yeah, I could have done. But then I have all the stuff in front of me and I can feel That's more true. in control. <laughs> In control. I have to turn off my monitors so to so to avoid like compulsively reading the internet while I'm trying to talk to you guys. <laughs> I literally have to turn them off. Yeah. You got a problem, man. Oh, I definitely do. Doesn't everyone <laughs> though? Yeah, to a certain extent, I do. Feel like, mm, yeah, it's when your phone does that does a slight vibration in the middle of a meeting, and you're just like, "Oh, I better check what that is." And it's like, "No, yeah. no, I'm in a meeting. I'm supposed to be." It's when you get the bloody phantom vibrations, like you'd think your phone has vibrated, oh, but it hasn't. I, I get that all everyone the bloody get, time. Everyone gets that. It's not weird. Like, all the time. Even when my phone's not in my pocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm aware of that, and I'm looking at it. I go, Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's bloody <laughs> annoying. So weird. I think, like, uh, yeah, I, think, uh, like, I don't know if it's just, like, a subtle movement of gene against leg. Yeah. That feels exactly like a phone I think it vibration. might be a completely like in your head thing or something or in yeah. one's head. I don't mean you you because everyone gets it, I think. Yeah, that you're just sort of expecting it. And yeah. So, and so you yeah, phantom you phantom vibrate. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Hey Zach, how's your kitchen? It's fine. There's nothing happening. No bitch. No. There was always I mean, we may call the section kitchen bitching, but to be honest, that particular kitchen has, for a long time, I don't know if it still has, had a little cartoon of which said something like, um, there's a reason kitchen rhymes with bitching. Is that true? That was on your fridge, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still there? Uh, I don't think that one is any longer. Uh, One of those, like, sort of fake 50s things, wasn't it? No, well, no, no, I think it was like a... style thing. Yeah, comic style, like a woman that looked... I don't know if she had crazy eyes or something. Did she? Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. So no I apparently don't remember it properly at all. <laughs> Maybe because my fridge is covered in those 50s style ones. Oh, you have those. <laughs> my um, parents just had, I think... Um, because my mum studied law and was in the legal department and now she's um, like a conveyancer, a licensed conveyancer and she's married to the lawyer as well, also a conveyancer. Anyway, she just had the uh, fridge magnet which was a quote from like Henry V, I think, um, or maybe Henry IV, um, Shakespeare play and it just Mm -hmm. says, let's kill all the lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Valid. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know a lot about, uh, speaking of lawyers, I don't know a lot about this uh, Shkreli guy that I keep randomly What's this? hearing stuff about. You, you ever heard of this this dude called Shkreli or something? Apparently not. Is he, uh... He's the guy that bought the Wu-Tang album. Oh, right. He's the guy that marked up the price of drugs or whatever, right? The AIDS drugs. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Right. A, a proper grade A arsehole. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I saw a picture where they put a photo of him smiling next to a photo of Donald Trump, Trump 
smiling to show that they had the same stupid dickhead smile, <laughs> which is quite funny. Rich asshole smile. <laughs> but yes, as, as it turns out, I think his lawyer agrees with the world in in combining the collective thoughts of assholery into ranking up his lawyer expense fees by like a factor of 5,000% when Shkreli got arrested. <laughs> yeah, but he's only making money out of him being rich, or I, I guess, but I don't know. Still, you might as well try. Yeah, you might as well. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's what they do, isn't it? Just charge what they can get away with. That's yep. a trick. And then you get to a point where people think that you get to a certain tipping point where people think that the more you charge, the better you are, you know? Yeah. Where it, it like... But that surely relies on you winning your case, which I'm not oh, sure this totally. guy is going to. No, but I mean... Or at least one hopes he's not going to. What's the case, anyway? What's I have the no actual... idea. I don't, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow Shkreli that closely. Shkreli. Shkreli. Yeah. He sounds like a kid's version of Skrillex. <laughs> That's true. Hey, like kids, it. what are you listening to? Shkreli. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm sure there's kids dubstep. That's got to be a genre. Kids like step. For, oh boy, yeah. yeah kids well, it's, it's, it does this at all, man. For like CBBS and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's the new version of the of the of the Teletubbies that they're not telling us about. Yeah, totally. There's some kind of dubstep fever dream. It's pretty close. You just need some more tight editing. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it just needs a few fast like smash jump cuts or whatever they're called sun baby just screams directly at the camera for a bit <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think we're on something here i think we are well you know that's that thing well I, you know actually the more i think about it the more this sounds like it could be legit because kids love metal right that's kind of a thing Right, what, just like thrash metal, like fast? Yeah, like when you're like proper stuff. proper baby time or something. Like it's, There's more than one occasion where the parents were like, yeah, the only thing we could do to make them be quiet was to put on like um, 70s metal. Um, right. Because <laughs> there was, I remember seeing a little stupid, it was probably that Rob Winston, Dr. Winston guy or whatever, was it? I can't remember. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 mustache yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 mustache man. And he was showing like kids and he was like, these are the kids that, their their like wanky parents have made them listen to classical music like their whole lives since you know and now they're five and they've always been listening to classical music or whatever and these are the normal kids that listen to normal music and then they played the normal kids classical music and they were really bored and like like thrashing around and like like obviously just doing really really bored yeah. and then the, the the ones who were like trained to listen to classical music they put on the classical music and they were like you know in interested or whatever enjoying it or sit, mm. sitting appreciating it or whatever so they played the normal kids rock music and they start dancing around and then they played the classical music kids rock music and they start dancing around obviously yeah yeah <laughs> I don't, I, I, in my head like i've just got them like they must be losing their freaking minds right because right? <laughs> this is like holy crap what is this what is this yeah yeah i don't think they've been completely insulated from the existence of rock music because that must be quite hard to do yeah um but even so i don't think yeah 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 it's hard to hard to dance to classical let's put it that way well it's not that they were being made to dance it's just well no but that's that's not exactly the natural response to classics is it no that's true damn that beethoven (laughs) makes my head bounce Dat Hoven. <laughs> Dat Hoven. <laughs> uh.
again, so many people have actually like Beethoven. Actually, in a weird way, is kind of the exception, right? Because yeah. it's 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 eminently remixable for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Damn hmm. classics, y'all. Damn classics. So, Grimbo coming up. We, I guess, we have our game of the year podcast coming up soon. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, stay tuned for that sometime. Probably mixed and put up after Christmas and maybe even New Year. But we will be doing it. Everyone, get your thoughts together about about your nominations. Oh Christ! <laughs> As you remember what's happened over the last year. Okay. Cool. Especially the early year. The early year. The early that year. in the far flung future of 2015. What happened in the early year? Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it on the podcast. We'll figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, that's all cool. We'll, we'll have built the list by then Sweet. of stuff we actually played. And I've got the interesting task of trying to come up with our most forgotten category. <laughs> How are you supposed to do that? Because like a... <laughs> that's basically when you go through the list and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. That's a fun one. <laughs> well, purely for making it more than anything else. Zeg, what are you up to for Christmas times? Nothing. Buying myself a new chair if I can get to a shop before they all close. Oh, yeah? Is your one squeaking too? <laughs> no, it's just fucked. Uh, how so? The back doesn't stay up as much as it needs to any longer. Oh, so it's not, that's kind not of supporting bad. you. Okay, that's not good. Need a bit of support. Yes. In Zach's case, isn't it worth investing in like one of those uh, super plush office yeah. chairs made of netting? And <laughs> yeah, you could get a super hardcore, like a lazy boy, but in office chair form or something. I don't know, like executive the, office chair bullshit. Like, the main um, problem is like I probably couldn't even get one like Rob's in, because it wouldn't fit with my desk, and then I'd have to buy a new desk as well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. You do have a slight space issue. Why wouldn't it fit? Because middle part of my desk is really thin it's like right narrow okay there's the drawers on one on both sides and you need and you need your chair to actually fit go under so that you can because i like that some people sit Mm. quite far from the desk and have armrests all the way up and i almost have to take armrests off chairs that i use because i slide under the desk and use that yeah i had i had to take the armrests off this chair because they just get in the way of my elbows exactly yeah (laughs) it depends what you're doing like i quite like having armrests but they do like as the part of the reason why my desk is missing most of the wood on its front edge is because like it's it's slightly too high and they yeah when you sit on it most chairs have that slight like uh i don't know pneumatic cushion effect and then yeah. you stand up, and it's like, and it just tears the wood off the desk as, as it as it bounces back up. But it's like I, I quite like having a bit of it, but because most of the time, like if I'm most of the time I'm using my PC, my you know my gaming PC anyway, I'm sort of reclining anyway, like mm. you know I'm leaning back, I'm using it casually. Right. It's like if I'm doing some heavy typing, then yeah, I want to be close. I want to be, you know, yeah, I want to be involved. I mean, my main office chair at home doesn't have armrests and i chose it not to have them and i haven't missed them at all um but i do have them at work and stuff i guess like i think enjoy, i'm enjoying like, them right now for instance armrests right now are great yeah i have like a curved desk um you know what i mean like mm. so now if you picture me i have my legs under the desk but i can actually rest one of my arms on the curve uh oh, i see on the right hand side anyway yeah 
That is one of my, one of my plans for rearranging things is I'm going to need some longer cables when I build my next PC to like get the graphics leads to the various monitors okay because that's the part of the reason why my machine is where it is now. Right. Like certain leads just aren't long enough. Oh, you can definitely get ni- nice long leads of whatever yeah. you, whatever you need. I have to rejig that about. And also, there's the oh, I've got to rethink some of that anyway. Maybe because modern graphics cards won't have all the ports I'm probably using. No, like, I'm using. What am I using? Um, oh, I'm actually now using DisplayPort. I think for um, my main monitor. Yeah, I must yeah, be. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Like, and they don't co- if they both they don't. They don't carry two HDMIs is the problem. Like, and I really no, they don't. would want it to carry two HDMIs. That would be ideal. But I mean, what you can do is get a little converter between DisplayPort and HDMI. I think I've got one of those if you need one. Yeah, I might have to do that in my case because I think both my monitors only do... The neither of them are DisplayPort. And they right. Do. But if they're DVI, that's good enough. It's basically the same as HDMI, isn't it, uh, in terms of... Oh, sure. I mean, do, do modern NVIDIA cards still have a DVI port on them? Well, my one that is relatively new, and it's got, I think it's got two DVI, one HDMI, and one Display Port. Oh, okay, um, that's better than I thought. I thought they were ditching ports. But. Well, you, I think you can get ones with like six Display Ports instead, or whatever. <laughs> if, you, if you're insane, um, yeah, I think that might only be the like you know those double GPUs, single slot cards, or whatever. Yeah, okay, the crazy ones. Um, but yeah, double check. But um, but I use Display Port for my MacBook. You know, at work and stuff, and mm. it's a nice, it's a nice cable. Of course, that'll probably, but by the time they upgrade the MacBook line, it'll probably all be whatever bullshit Thunderbolt or whatever. Oh yeah, some kind of like weird <coughs> yeah, lightning combined display thing. thing. Yeah, because yeah, the MacBook, which I've I saw the other day, which is thinner than the MacBook Air in a weird way. Yeah, um, that only has one like plug or port on it, apart yeah. from. And it for, does both, like, for both charging and USB yeah. or stuff. And, yeah, yes. and monitor, if you want an external monitor, you can actually get a cable and do power and monitor through that one hmm. port, which is pretty weird. It is a little, little weird, a little inflexible. It's cool. Must save Apple a ton of money, though. Well, it's literally because there isn't space on the... Hmm. On the you know, chassis for more ports. Well, you know, and they don't, they don't have to think about making everything smaller to put more ports. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. Cop out! <laughs> have you heard the rumour that they're going to remove the 3.5mm headphone jack from the iPhone? What? Yeah, so they're thinking of it. That's the rumour. Is that no, you'll that's ha- bonkers. You'll have to use the, you know, the lightning port for your headphones. That's... Yeah. If they, that's the dumbest thing if they do that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, maybe it will encourage like Bluetooth headphones or something, and you won't, and that that whole idea will be obsolete. But I think it's a bit premature that's dumb. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really stupid. But they're they're on this quest to make the thing thinner, and I don't see why because it's freaking thin enough. Yeah, it's it's like you get too thin, and it just becomes unwieldy, right? It's like I yeah. don't think they really should go thinner than what they are. My only problem with the uh, three and a half mil port is um just in general is that if you get a bit of lint stuck in it you are pretty it's pretty hard to get out no, sure. um, yeah. and uh, the, when you start losing the stereo well the first thing that goes is the third pin is like the remote if you have one on your mm-hmm. earphones suddenly that stops working because you've got a bit of crap at the bottom of the and it doesn't fit in properly and of course they all have that feature which is really good when it's working of when you pull the headphones out it pauses Oh, yeah, but yeah, when, yeah. when you have a dodgy connection, then it's just constantly pausing. Um, you know, yeah. I've only ever had that problem with iPhones. 
I don't know if it's something about oh, their right. port design because, like, since I've had my Windows phone, I've had zero trouble with that. Right, that's cool. Well, maybe they could improve it. That would be good. Yeah, I don't know quite how you make a circular hole <laughs> different, but well, I, just, I just haven't had a problem with my current one, whereas my old iPhone used to get filled with crap all the time. Yeah, it's probably my a, fault for putting it in the wrong pocket. with a it, Well, maybe. I used to have to use, like... I ended up using, like, Gnome's earrings for a bit just to sort of, like, scoop bits of bits of crap yeah, out of it and it's like way. i shouldn't have to do this in fairness like actually back in the day like when usb ports were a bit bigger on phones and stuff like that i'd have to do that with some of the older usb connections as well mm. actually no i did that with iphones as well when iphones had their big chunky connectors yeah the amount, the amount of times i had to just peel stuff yeah, out of them but it's actually easier to get stuff out of those than it is out of the or not the old ones no the old ones were real yeah. awkward because they would like right. the gap between the problem was the gap between the one side the pins yeah. yeah and and you know the edge of the connector so actually getting something in there to pull that stuff out was a real pain yeah because lightning is it works both ways up so, oh no i guess you just yeah, don't it have does that little pin. yeah 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 and you don't have that like sticking out pins in that one so that's less of a problem yes still you're never going to solve the issue like you know except by having no ports i suppose yeah but, or but no, that's but, but ugh, i don't know I'm, I'm not in for that it's like it seems so restricting someone like me who likes their you know good quality headphones it's oh like, yeah but you I, know i don't want to buy a good quality pair of headphones just for my phone that's crap yeah, but like, I unless mean, unless people are really good with like adapters or something, but then I don't want to want to have one of those as well because that chunks things up. It's like oh, this is yeah. a stupid idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we shall see. That is only a rumor, though. So who knows? Don't be stupid, Apple. I know you're quite commonly stupid. They Com- do that sort of thing stupid. a lot. That's what's worrying. Like yeah. they they don't seem to have a problem with like completely changing a standard, even though the whole world is using it or whatever, or like doing things like that. So that's the sort of thing they do and get away with. So, so you never know. Watch you out know for that one. I had a brief moment this week where I thought I, I saw uh, our, our mate Eddie using his iPhone six, and I was sat there going, "And you know, as much as I complain about Apple stuff, it's a damn good looking phone. It's a great, it's a great phone. I mean, <laughs> but but it would be useless for me because it has it, do, it still still doesn't have the one thing I find the most useful about my Windows phone, which is the whole driving mode stuff." Right, it's like there are there is no equivalent for iPhone unless you buy a third party app, but those apps aren't you know integrated or nice or isn't there supposed to be a whole Apple like official car integration? But is, no, do you well, have to buy the right car for that? Well, yeah, you need like um, isn't there like there's like a whole Apple or iOS thing like car for your OS cars, or something, yeah. yeah. Like you need one of those really to do it properly, or you need right. one of those cars that knows how to. Like, you know, I think modern Fords have, like, inbuilt... Oh, I know how to read your text messages. Right, built in, yeah. Built into the car system to sort of mitigate that. But it's just better when the phone does it itself. Like, in totally. my case, Cortana just kicks in and, you know, you then go through a voice-activated thing to deal with it, and it's great. That's really um, nice. Yeah. It's really slick, and it's super useful for me. Um, and it's the, it's the one thing, I think, that's keeping me sort of going, you know what, no, I, I want to stay Windows Phone, because I definitely don't want to go Android. I fucking hate those interfaces and it's like even though the handsets seem like really solid well, even though, like, things i just don't like android stock a, stuff like no Google just don't like it design stuff i think it's a mess but yeah. what if you wanted to what if you wanted to authenticate your steam trades can't do that on anything <laughs> apart from ios and android yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to miss the app landscape a little bit. There are times where it's just like, oh, this would be really useful, but I have not, to admit, not enough like, to the point where it supersedes driving mode. To my shame, and oh, no, nothing against you, actually, Rob, thinking about it, but to my shame, because um, phones, everyone needs one of these smartphones. They're brilliant, right? But like, And I have a computer, right? But tablets, I've never quite seen, for me, like there's never been a need. It's always been, and the, the trouble is that they're so cool and like, Everyone, it like it's like Apple win if they manage to convince you to buy something very expensive that you definitely do not need. Yeah, <laughs> they know? got me. But they're, they're exactly, I, I still they're, feel that way about my iPad. In fairness, it's like yeah. it's a cool thing. Yeah, but my you know my one's aged a bit now and it's less cool now yeah. because of it. Um, you know, not, not because of its design or anything. If it ran it, if it ran at a decent speed like it used to, that would be absolutely. I'd have no problem with it. But you know, they've just the yeah. usual the usual tech. Cludge means yeah. that it just doesn't run as fast as it used well, they to. Fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. So and but I have to admit I'm finally like tempted because I have a stupid excuse which is one use case which I'm not sure which I like to think in my mind justifies it which it probably doesn't which is I'd like to be able to bring up like music and guitar tabs on the iPad on like a music stand while I'm using my guitar so I don't have oh, to be cool. like by my yeah. computer and I feel like that would be a good experience you know with the touch screen and everything. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's my internal excuse for maybe getting an iPad, which I don't need uh, next year. Yeah, I do find my using, you know, I, don't, I just don't have the use case for it a lot of the time. It's like, yeah, it's, it's sometimes I mean, you useful used for it reading. For but... OneNote, for work at one point. Like, yeah, but now I've got a work Surface. It's like the Surface yeah. is just better at that. <laughs> I mean, I could get, I could equally get a Surface. It's just that I think that there's an app for the Songster or whatever that's probably quite well maintained on iOS. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just I always like this is part of my problem with like the app landscape I always find myself like looking at these things and they never quite do enough of what I need them to it's like I went I, went, I spent a brief period of time looking down the musical route for iPad right. apps and stuff like that and how they all link together and you know people have been thinking about this there's like a like a, a way where you can people have thought about how you yeah. can effectively have VSTs on iPad and stuff like that. There's like yeah. a common interface now by which apps can communicate and run at the same time. So you can effectively run audio doors on them. And it's like, okay, fine. I see what you're doing. This is, you're, you're finally doing this. And then you sort of investigate it a bit and it's go, nope, these are still crap compared to my PC setup. No, no, this, I just can't get over that. Sorry. Yeah. It just doesn't work quite well enough. I mean, but it's hard to imagine how it ever could be. You know, yeah. I mean, they, it's a really the, clo- it's it's amazing they got it working. Yeah, as I mean, is, I'm really impressed but... by on the like on the more consumer end of things. I mean, um, the the Garage Band or whatever app on the iPad, it's or even on the iPhone, it's like amazing that they got something so complicated to like work with a touch interface. I feel like it's almost like they did it. Oh, it's to still try yeah. And... I've, I've toyed with that as well, and it's, it's still quite irritating in places. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, this gesture doesn't do what I thought it did, and right. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that it works, I think, is yeah, sure, yeah, pretty. It's like, in a weird way, it, like I, I, I have to, you, you have to praise Apple for producing, if nothing else, extremely expensive entry level grade software. <laughs> like, even if it's not Apple doing it, you know, these all, all these third parties getting involved. The iPads, yeah. uh, like App Store, is a great place for entry level stuff. Yeah. Just you can't do anything particularly useful or any, you know there's always a limit I hit myself, hit against and it's just like eh. and then I feel a bit off put by the whole thing 
I'm trying to think what games I would buy on the thing if I if I got it. Say I got it tomorrow. Oh, just, just don't buy games. Like a lot of the good best ones are free. Are free, <laughs> so yeah. Like, thinking, start, like here we go. Segue. I've started playing Hearthstone. <laughs> well, exactly Hearthstone. So I'd probably get Hearthstone. We'll talk about that when it because I quite mm. like to talk about that. So I will get to you that part. But I might get like you know the old Kotor or whatever. See what that plays like or whatever. Or even even like XCOM, the last one that might be quite good on iPad. Oh, yeah, but apparently that was a pretty good pretty good version of it. Yeah, yeah. But I'll probably be playing the new one on PC before long. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, um, that Star we... Wars though. Do yeah. we need to talk about that before we get into yeah, games? No, we, we get don't. Games. I think we, we need to talk about don't Star have time Wars. To do that. So, no, it's, and so, also spoilers. So it's time to talk about Star Wars without spoilers. <laughs> Which <laughs> basically ever... means we all get to say it's good, and then we move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so absolutely did... fine. Did you go? Yeah. Yeah. We we saw it on opening day. I think. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I went in the afternoon with my brother. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's like it's not the world-beating best film ever, but you know, no, they made a Star Wars film. Yeah, I don't know what would be. It's kind know. of exactly what you'd expect, I suppose. Well, that's the thing is that you'd you would have hoped that's what you would expect, but then the prequels show well how badly you can go wrong, don't they? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, my my theory is is that you know this is Disney doing what Disney often does when it takes over something, in that they play it very safe. It's a very safe film. And that's not that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It's just that it's really not pushing any boundaries with no, not even the Star Wars universe or cinematically or anything like that. There is no risk here. Which then makes me wonder, it's like, okay, fine, you've done that. We you've shown we can trust you with this. Yeah. Are now the next are two going to be yeah. interesting? That's the big question, of course. But I mean this one was really, really enjoyable, I found. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the cinema. I had a great time, and I was really happy that it wasn't shit, you know? Yeah, there's but nothing now, wrong with the new characters, you know? I quite no, like the I new like bad... That. The new bad guy's voice with his mask on is cool. He's but, it, yeah. he's cool character. I like, yeah, he's I good. like the new bad guy. And I like Adam Driver. I already knew I liked that actor, so... And I think he did a good a good job. And they gave him enough scenes, you know? Yeah, actually... I think Oscar Isaacs was a little underused, but it was kind of kind of nice. Yeah, but he was really good in the scenes that he was in or mm. he he came across like he only had a few lines and he managed to imbue a kind of cool cocky pilot character also this isn't a spoiler but i like the fact because you know i guess it's in the trailers but you know i like the fact that they are continuing the tradition of having fat x-wing pilots oh yep 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 <laughs> i don't know why that's a thing but it's I, awesome i only realized just now that that's like um a cameo of a famous oh, is it? guy. I think so. I can't remember his name. I recognize him. But I, all I remember seeing in the film is like, yes, fat X-Wing pilot. Well, uh, I don't know. If, is that the same guy that was in the brief in the briefing segment? Again, not spoiling, uh, but, you know, remember. was it the same guy? Because, you know, that's the guy from L.A. Noir, isn't it? And he was in Heroes. And That uh, sounds right. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, I can't okay. remember his name. Yeah, no. he, he's the cop in Heroes, right, isn't he? Or is he a cop? I can't yeah, remember. he is a cop. Yeah, 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 that's right. That guy. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that guy. Who anyway, ends up being able to hear thoughts was that his thing? That's right. Yeah. Oh man, they're rebooting now, aren't they? Oh god. Heroes is they're, they're starting again because right. they obviously they mucked it up after the first season. The first season was good. What happened to Hayden Panettiere? She starred in Until Dawn. All oh, right. Okay. And oh no, she's been doing Nashville. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. In, in That's the, like a singing uh, thing, isn't it? Or yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a country western Dra- music drama. Music drama thing. Okay. Cool. So the only thing I'm thinking now is like having, because I had a huge smile on my face throughout the entire thing. <laughs> now, now I'm worried that like pretty much what I was worried about did come true in that like they 
put too much Star Wars check boxes into it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, the, the fan service is, is too much. It's like it's not like fan service in the kind of you know. I don't know. Fan service originally was like showing you like the you know the cute girl character in in like in like underwear or whatever, wasn't it? That's the original kind of anime no, really? meaning like, of fan service. Sort of, sort of take yeah, it, like take really it further than this stuff or <laughs> yeah, like okay. unnecessary. Whereas this was like legitimate fan service, but it's just too much of a remix. Like yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, which is that's my only real issue with it. It's like it it like hits so many. Here's the cantina. Here's, here's the, the remix. Yeah, exactly. Here's exactly. The... Maybe don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it hits like bang, 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 and and also like if you compare it to those old films, like I don't, I, it's a bit unfair maybe to compare it to Empire. Even it's more like A New Hope, but like the pacing is absolutely breakneck. Like it does not slow down. It, I mean, the, the tone changes. Well, it's much more like, modern in that respect, yeah. isn't it? You go back and watch A New Hope now, and it's quite. Yeah. It's, actually, it's quite a slow film, yeah, isn't it? I think and if it's... you were a kid and you'd never seen A New Hope and you watched it for the first time and you were like six or something, you'd get pretty bored during like the desert while they're, you're waiting for R2 to... And then you're, sure, and then, but it and does... Luke's being annoyed and, then, you know... But this is why the first one I think still holds up better than, yeah. than, than most people expect. I mean, I still don't think it holds up particularly well. I think it's aged kind of badly. Mm. But it's, you know, the world building it does by taking that extra time... Yeah, is why Star Wars is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And I guess they don't need to do that in this one because the world, that world, is built. Yeah, I they're guess. not really. They didn't really yeah. invent new mechanics, or you no. know, it, it just is. There, there's no like sitting in a hut, kind of talking about the Force vaguely while you're while you're pottering around, in, you know, looking through your old chests and things. No midichlorians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, that's what I mean. It's like it does. It does not stop, does it? Really, uh, no. it is absolutely relentless. But but. It, yeah, it's good. They, they packed a lot in there. Like it's a good. lot happened. Oh, and yeah. it beat it, it, it. You know, I suppose fairly, uh, fairly expectedly has beaten the first day box office records. Yeah, like you know, it, it's which was apparently held by Harry Potter. I didn't think that still had it, but well, that's the thing is, it's always like a recent movie. It seems like movies make more. I don't I, I, because when well, they adjust, when they adjust for inflation, it's like Gone with the Wind made way more money than any film ever i think oh uh, what you mean you reckon they just they, they never do that that it's just like the the number is bigger therefore it's beaten the record i think that's right let me let me look it up <laughs> sorry all right um, well uh, let's start talking about news you go look yeah, it up well uh zach and i we, we missed a lot of stuff last time on this hour because wow. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't miss like news stuff we missed an event which yeah a lot of news well because <laughs> we, we talked about that final fantasy 7 remake that like trailer and stuff like but you know we didn't <laughs> realize that that came out of psx which happened the day before we recorded um so we okay. kind of suck in that respect <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so the final fantasy let's talk final fantasy 7 while we're at it because like you know we already sort of covered that ground but i've got your numbers for you you got my numbers got my numbers i've got your number star wars 1977 2.8 billion right. avatar 2009 3 billion this yeah. is adjusted for inflation oh these are total sales right yeah worldwide gross yeah number one gone with the wind 1939 3.4 billion uh, okay so, so that's so, your so that still yeah. wins yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, those are the top three. Gone but win, currently Avatar everyone says Avatar, right? Because it's just got the biggest number exactly. by modern so, standards. So that means that if, considering Avatar is 3 billion and Gone with the Wind is 3.4, then um, adjusted for inflation, then The Force Awakens could 
beat both, right? It could be Gone with the Wind, right? Because people are projecting it might be Avatar. And that's depends only... how quick the drop off is if everyone sees it that wants to see it straight away and then goes, yep, we're good. Yeah. But then I suppose a lot of uh, the, uh, the benefit of Star Wars, I guess, as is already being proven by Twitter, is that many people are re watching it many yeah. times. Yeah, well, that's what happened with the original Star Wars mm. and Gone with the Wind, I think. I don't imagine many people rewatched Avatar, though, did they? I... No, probably not, man. No. It's just like everyone went because it was like, wow, 3D, we've got to check this out. I guess. And it's anyway. still the best 3D film. <laughs> Blah, Final Fantasy VII, what's going on? Um, yeah, so the, the extra news that came out after PSX in a sort of quietly made press release, um, which is the biggest biggest downer of the whole thing. Everyone saw the trailer and thought, man, this looks cool. We've got questions about what that gameplay means, but yeah, whatever, this looks cool. Um, and then Square basically said, yeah, this is going to be episodic. Oh, right, yeah. I'm not pissed about that. I mean, it's kind of expected, right? I mean, yeah. it's Square have, have been arguing since year dot that it's just not possible to make a game of that scale to modern standards. I think it's um, a good thing. Within a budget. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, there are some interesting things came out of that release as well. It's not that... Um, they've made it sound like that each ep- it's not going to be the same game in each episode, perhaps. It's right. like they want it to... They're treating like each episode like a separate project, but continuing the story. So that means that if, say, the gameplay doesn't work particularly well in one episode... They can change they are, the mechanics. They are more than happy to mix it up for the next one. Mm, um, okay. With the like lead, I forget who's leading the project, but um, uh, yeah, name escapes me. But he's basically said we want to surprise people with what we do to this. Right. He wants to keep people interested, and the only way to do that, he says, is to try and mix things up every now and then. So even regardless of that, it's a good chance. Well, the risk is is that it turns into Final Fantasy thirteen <laughs> and thirteen two, and Lightning right. Returns, and that they're all quite different each time. Um, but it's it's definitely more interesting, I think, than where we were headed before. But also, then the biggest question is like, all right, so how many episodes are there going to be? Where are the cuts going to be? Um, if does this mean that the open world nature of the game can't happen because that means, you know, the open worldness of Final Fantasy VII meant you could go anywhere at one point? So are they going to have to construct a more linear? St- storytelling structure or just remove the whole open world element completely mm. um, or you know break those open worlds into like small segments like Midgar for instance could be an open world and then the story moves you somewhere else and then you get that smaller area but fully explorable um, there's a lot of questions hanging over this one like everything we've seen so far is from very early game and obviously that, that explains you know the episodic nature they're doing very early they're only working on the early stuff um uh, but but it's all very early stuff. Like, where's the cut? Are they going to get out of Midgar? Is that going to be the first cut? Or are they going to, uh, you know, only get halfway through the Avalanche storyline, maybe, and be all like, uh, maybe they'll, they'll do the, the cross-dressing scene and then <laughs> and then stop. And then the next one will be the Shinra building. And, you know, where, where are the cuts? How many are we going to see? How much are you going to charge for each episode? How much money do you want from us? Hmm. Yeah, all these questions to be confirmed, I suppose. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what are you feeling? What, what's your feeling about it? Do you have a good feeling or a bad feeling? Well, this is the direction I wanted it to go in. Okay. If I'm honest, I wanted it to be different. I wanted it not to be a, a retelling. I wanted it to be a you know a modern version of that game. Um, I, don't, I don't want just to like throw it out again, please. Um, 
So this, uh, you know, with the the episodic nature does throw the usual questions into you know up in the air, and pricing of of an episodic game of this scale might be worrisome. But uh, but at least in terms of the gameplay, this is this is a good thing for me. I think this is the right move. Mm. It's the exact opposite of the Disney problem, right? They're doing a, they are in no ways playing it safe. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being. I think. Absolutely. I think any- you know, it's, it's still, you know, there's big names on it. I'm willing to trust them, so. Final Fantasy VII. What does Zeg think? Yeah, it's the biggest fan out of the three of us, I suppose. <laughs> Arguably. I think it's probably going to be too expensive. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. They're going to end up trying to charge like thirty quid for each of the episodes, and that's just not going to work. That would be too much. Yeah, I think if <laughs> I, they came if they came in at twenty per episode, then the, it then that would probably be more fine. But it depends how much gameplay you get out of each episode. Is the thing. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy long game like twenty. You'd probably get twenty if you got twenty hours for your twenty quid. The pound per hour ratio is still good, right? <laughs> well, like literally on the line though. <laughs> yeah. And that'll only be if they logically split it into three parts that are approximately equal to the three discs, more or less. And is the pound per hour ratio less forgivable in an RPG where you're doing the same thing over and over again? Well, you might not be doing the same thing over and over if there's not random battles, which I, you know, if they're leaning towards the 13-style system, there might not be. It might be like you run down a path and then you hit the individual fights as you go. See, I think the pound per hour thing is a good... Uh, guideline, but I think. Oh, sure. One, it's, def- one, it's by one, no means yeah. a solid, ra- a solid thing. But, but I think it's... one expects like more, more value from an RPG in that sense. Yeah. Again, I think it's because you're, as, as I sort of alluded to, I think it's because you're expecting to do the same thing a lot. Right. That in a weird yeah. way, the the pound per hour ratio is more important and probably should be beaten. Um, yeah. I guess that makes sense. To try and mitigate the grind, I guess. Unless the gameplay itself mitigates the grind, you know, and that works in its favour too. But yeah. it's, it's just kind of a hard thing to do in an RPG. I just think that it's almost, it, it seems like a good RPG, like let's say Fallout 4 is a good RPG, that kind of can't help but be much better on that rate, on that scale than, sure. uh, I don't yeah. know, something like Tomb Raider or, or, or Assassin's Creed or something. Sure. Oh, no, yeah. that maybe that's a bad example. I don't um, know. The, well, yeah, the Creed games game. get pretty yeah. close, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like a more normal, like a Call of Duty or something, I suppose. Well, yeah. Well, that's a bad, again, because that's really short. I mean, what's a normal game these days? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, in, 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 it's, it's not really a, a comparable thing, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. Call of Duty is a good example. Halo is a good example, right? If yeah, Halo. For the campaign, it's probably a bad deal. Well, Halo if you're, if, you're in it, if you're in it for the yeah. multiplayer, then it's a great deal. Yeah, sure. But, But I'm sure there's people that get the Halo for the campaign, play it, and are perfectly happy with what they paid. Yeah, probably. Yeah. In the same way that people pay 15 quid for a, you know an IMAX ticket to see Star Wars. <laughs> I know. I mean, did you see it in 3D? Because I managed to see it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was IMAX 3D for us. Oh, cool. Because I had a huge 2D screening. Huge 2D screen. I don't know. Like, you know they brand your screen in Ipswich or as IMAX. I don't know. The one, the one I saw was fucking enormous, but it wasn't an IMAX. It mm. was a... It was branded something, 
like extreme i think extreme. it was bra- it was branded this was in a, the view in westfield which is a huge shopping center in Boo. shepherd's bush um and Boo. yeah it was a gigantic screen um so i was super happy and i didn't want to see in 3d because it's like post converted and all that and i'm like okay it's it was, on- disney don't do 3d badly they just do it safely yeah, you know, as every you know, Disney. Uh, I, I remember being a little bit disappointed when Tron Legacy came out, not just because the film was eh, but because like you know they made a big deal of like, yeah, we're we're doing this cool thing where anything shot in the real world is going to be two D traditional, and everything shot in this virtual world is going to be full three D. It's going to blow your mind, right. and then and then you watch it, and it's like this is. I've seen Avatar. You've played very safe with your three D dials here. Right. It's like this is this isn't very three D at all. Right. And you know, Star Wars is exactly the same. Disney don't push that envelope at all. I don't think you I mean correct it me. It didn't if I'm add wrong, or subtract but, anything. But it must be hard. You can't push it if it's not filmed in three D like Avatar. No, I guess not. Can you? Um and this and Star Wars was filmed on thirty five millimeter, not not no. Oh, was of, it? Oh, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even they, know that. They even used um uh um the, they even used for some scenes lenses that were patterned after the lenses used in the original trilogy. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's quite were, cool. Yeah, because obviously the prequels, well, yeah, was, two was, and three were digitally digital. In fact, I think Attack of the Clones might have been one of the first films. To it be was. Filmed I, I remember digitally. that. Yeah, there was a, there was a real big deal about that. It's like, yeah, we're we're doing this entirely digitally. Yeah. And now it's perfectly normal for like rel- even arty films to be filmed, or not arty, but you know what I mean. Like for oh, the, sure. social, the Social Network, I think, was filmed on digital, for example. There was a film released this year that was entirely made on iPhones. Oh, right, yeah. Like but all, I mean, of the, all of the capture was done on iPhone and then post But that's really unusual. I mean, mostly yeah. it's these red one cameras that are, oh, yeah, re- yeah. are really cheap comparatively, obviously astronomically expensive for a normal person. But hmm. um, yeah. But those red, those, yeah, that red equipment just. <laughs> it take it's taken over. It's everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, so there you go. Um Final Fantasy Seven. Uh and well, you know, we I think uh, having rewatched that stuff <laughs> the voice work seems kinda bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like the more I watch it, the more I think, oh this it sounds really dodgy. Yeah. Uh, oh and I suppose it they yeah, it, it's you know pretty much confirmed that it's PS4 console. They said console exclusive, so there's a chance a PC version is on, is in the way on the All way. Right, cool. But probably timed, one would imagine. Uh, so let's quickly run down the the rest of the PSX stuff. Uh, Call of Duty DLC with Woo Lady. God, Woo Lady was annoying. Um, <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, Battleborn is coming out on May the 3rd. They actually got Randy Pitchford out, who looked properly nervous. Like... Uh- Oh, weird. Why was he so nervous? Well, because he's had a... Bad re- the internet doesn't like Randy Pitchford. No, he's a strange guy. I met him once. Really? Yeah, because we went to a, like, a talk that he did at BAFTA. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, never mind. Yeah. He, but it, and it was for, like, Gene Nukem Forever before it came out. It was obviously shit, but uh, he did talk about, like, you know, Borderlands and stuff. Mm. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's just got a bit of a reputation now of bending the truth, and so when he comes out, everyone's just like, "Really?" Yeah, exactly. and you know, Battleborn's probably Battleborn's probably fine, but then they then go on to say, "Hey, look, we're introducing interesting new characters. Those who play the PlayStation Four beta will get access to a penguin in a mech suit that seems really cool until he opens his mouth and starts shouting Borderlands style memes, and you're like, ugh, mm, lame." <laughs> and also, it's just like. Starve Out already did that. That's yeah. their thing. Penguins in Mexico. <laughs> I, really, I didn't know that. Okay, awesome. 
Yeah, I don't know. He, he sounds all right, but you know, it's just that you can't hang your game on that. I don't know. Weird. Uh, so yeah, Street Fighter Five introduced their final new character called Fong, who you know, a lot of the community have been going. He looks stupid. He looks like a joke character. While I'm sat there going, this dude looks awesome. <laughs> he's got like wavy, flappy arms and stuff, and can fly weirdly. He's just—he's funny. He is a comedy character, but you know, he's probably the comedy character I would pick. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, I've got a note here just saying Dead Star. I can't remember anything about it. No, I okay. can't either. <laughs> Dead Star. Uh, Adult Swim had a brief section saying, "Yep, we're still doing games." Um, Including, I think it was Death's, uh, my list goes Death's Gambit, Raise the Dead, uh, Duck and Duck Game and Rain World, and Small Radios, Big Televisions, and Headlander. And you know what? They actually all looked kind of interesting as sort of small scale games. Um, I'd go check them out. I can't remember a great deal about them. I just remember them, some of them looking pretty cool and pretty interesting. Uh, especially Headlander. I think that's the one that st- stuck out. Uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered looks weird to me. Well, it looks like they've used one of those filter things. That, yeah. You know, which I guess they have, and fair enough. I guess what you do is you run that filter and then you tweak it. Um, but, like, I don't know. It doesn't look right, does it? Yeah. Something. Mm. But uh, that's fine. I think it will be good in the sense of if you wanted to play that game that's good that you can and i'm pretty sure they've said that there is just like the option to like in grim fandango just turn it all off and go Go back to pixel mode so whatever um but still yeah looked looked a bit odd to me i mean Um, that game is just too old to really like hdfi or i mean if you yeah you can't just hdfi it right you'd have to redraw everything reanimate everything yeah it's Um, just do old. the whole game again, pretty much. Grim Fandango was on the cusp there, was good. Yeah. But but yeah. anything before that, like... I, I guess you could probably spruce up, like... Grim's mon- barely a remaster, though. Yeah, it's basically the same, yeah. I mean, I, actually, it, you know, it does look nice, and it has fixed a few things. Like, oh, I can talk about that, because it's the one thing I've probably played. Anyway. Um, mm. uh, what am I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, maybe, like, uh, Monkey Island 3, you know, with the with the more high def like 2d painted graphics you could but there's nothing you really need to do to that i suppose Mm. i don't know yeah is that the one and then four was the one that used the grim fandango engine and wasn't very good oh yes yeah yeah you're right yeah returned one yeah no maybe that was the second i don't know yeah but yeah you're right it was the fourth one that where they started going 3d and I, i remember playing a bit of that and just being all like nope in fairness, I thought that about all the Monkey Islands. I've never really got into any of them. But. I have to admit, it's not my, wasn't my favourite. Uh, but you know, obviously they're good and funny. The first couple. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but on that note, did you ever play Full Throttle? Uh, yes, and I think that's being redone, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's cool. Tim Schafer announced that. I mean, obviously that game is way too short, but it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he also turned up to basically say, hey, we, you know we're doing that Psychonauts 2 thing. Uh, we're also doing a special VR game for for PlayStation VR exclusively called The Rhombus of Ruin. Psychonauts Rhombus of Ruin. Uh, brilliant. And they, they did that, um, you know, that, that Palmer Lucky picture that was on the front of Time magazine? They just had Raz doing that. <laughs> Which I thought, okay, fine. 
Sounds cool. Uh, then what else did we come up with? Uh, there was more indie runs. There was uh, Invisible Ink, which you know turned up said it's coming to PlayStation, and Don't Starve Together said it's coming to PlayStation. Uh, Zodiac Orkanon Odyssey. Remember anything about that, Zach? No. Other than the name. <laughs> I didn't even remember the name. Zodiac. Yeah, I no, can't remember anything about that. Um, there was a big sort of whoop in the crowd when Yakuza 5's uh, English translation was announced. <laughs> um, and also, uh, there's, there's a new one coming called Yakuza 0 on PS4. Woo. Uh, King of Fighters is getting a new game and they seem to be going all Street Fighter-y and have decided to ditch their somewhat iconic, iconic 2D graphics and gone for you know that sort of 3D modelled look except it looks real generic uh, Okay Neo was mentioned, not spelt Neo it's spelt Nio. Uh can't remember anything about that <laughs> obviously left an impression um Oh, uh, this brutal ASCII dungeon thing. Oh, wait, no, the game was called Brutal. It's not not my notes saying it's a brutal ASCII dungeon thing. Okay. Um, there was a, yeah, a game called Brutal, which, yeah, it, it, that looked very weird. The sort of, like, taking an old roguelike and making it 3D, but making the 3D models out of ASCII characters. Yeah, except, you know, it's not actually a roguelike at all. It's, it's like it's a, it's a third-person action game, just with weird graphics. Yeah. <laughs> Still, you, you, you kind of want to see what like what else are they doing differently? Is it just the graphics bit? Uh, MLB the show is still a thing. Baseball yo, um, guns up, which appears to be a uh, sort of PvP tower defense game, will be free to play on PlayStation Network, which I think might be the first time Sony have got involved with free to play. I could be oh. very, I could be very wrong on that, but well, unless you count like planet side, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true, and dust, I suppose. God, dust. Um, yeah, so definitely not then. Uh, and then Fat Princess Adventures was announced, which oh boy, this is kind of a frustrating one because it's like the first Fat Princess game was trying to do some interesting things, you know, like a a sort of arena-based strategy game uh, that, you know, had a unique art style, was trying to do something different. And this game just looks like a dungeon crawler with terrible art. (laughs) It's like, how did you screw this up? Nothing about this looked good. Uh, Then they went on to Ratchet and Clank, the movie The Game. I'm not even joking. They're rebooting Ratchet and Clank, but rebooting it via the movie first. So, yeah, that's kind of weird. It, I mean, you know, it looked like a Ratchet and Clank game. Okay. There was one weapon that had a really neat effect. I think they called it the Pixelator, which basically did... Um, well, you know that effect they use in Pixels? That one good thing about that film. <laughs> I have not seen that film. Oh, no, no, no. You don't have to have seen it. Oh, but, you I know, they, they, the trailers. Oh, they, they turn everything into like 3D pixels, a bit like oh, 3, right. 3D cool. dot heroes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so so cool. they, have a, they have a weapon in this game that makes things progressively more like that. And it's like, it's a neat effect. It looks really cool. That's cool. Um, but that was the one thing I took away from that. So, yeah, all right, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, but then things got a little bit more interesting. 
because PlayStation VR came about, and it's like, let's do some stuff. After a fairly terrible Discs of Tron-style demo that didn't work because one of the combatants' uh, move controllers failed to turn on, um, they then went straight to the big guns. Let's bring out Tetsuya Mizuguchi wearing a neon suit playing Res in VR. Oh, baby. Shit, yeah. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, it's res in VR. They're, they're breaking Freaking all of the rules that people have apparently been saying like not to do in VR. Like, with, it, it, it's just playing res, and you aim with your head. <laughs> Sounds great to me. I mean, and, and they've updated the graphics again from HD. Oh boy! But this was the one thing I noticed. You, you remember my original criticism of Res HD was that it's absolutely fine, except for some reason they've made certain sound effects out of key. Right. They fixed that shit. No, they've made it worse. Oh, great! I don't know. I don't know what they've done, but it's like they, it's a, it's in a different key again, and it's the same sound effects that were wrong in the first place that they've changed again to be more wrong. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't understand. What is Weird. this? I mean, it's a shame, but you know, whatever. It'll be like a full 1080 version of Res. Who cares? And there, there will, you know, you don't have to have VR in order to play it. They've said like it's going to be just res if you want it to be just res. Yeah, of course. Yeah, good. <laughs> and and they teased what may be a sort of new, either a new area, but it looks kind of open. And what's going on? Just sort of like I mean, know, some kind of space mode or something, sake, which is the game... infinite mode. But like, right. who knows? Who knows? But if you actually think about it, that game. It's 15 years way, old, man. Yeah, but in a way, it doesn't date. So what they could do is just double the number of levels, just make another five or whatever, and then make a new game and then put them together. I mean, why Yeah, they not? did that. It's called Child of Eden. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather play Res. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Child of Eden. I'd play it again if it came on back compat and play it with a controller and stuff. Oh, yeah, and the, Even the Kinect controls weren't bad. It was quite fun. Hmm. That's true. With the space whale. Space whale. Always space whale. But yes, it wasn't quite as uh, cool as Res. I'll give it... It's, I'm not it's saying it's it's li- No, it wasn't a bad game. It's just a little too floaty, a little too... Peace and love, man. It's like yeah. hippie Res. Yeah, it wasn't quite as... Mm-ts, mm-ts, mm-ts. <laughs> <laughs> no, not... Un- un- <laughs> uh... Yeah, not as Ford Escort Mark II. <laughs> So then Ubisoft's contribution to VR was let's take, well, let's make Assassin's Creed Eagle, <laughs> basically. It's called Eagle Flight at this point, and basically shown you flying over what looked like Paris um, as an eagle, and then did the classic Ubisoft thing as at the end of the trailer. It's like, you're not alone. These other eagles come in to join you. And it's like, what is this game? We don't even, we, we just don't know. It's called Eagle Flight. There you go. Uh, and then continuing the uh, simulator, I suppose, trend or craze at the moment, there were then two games that basically were just, like, looked like just fuck about games. Uh, the Modern Zombie Taxi Co., where you're like driving a taxi and physics is happening. Okay. And then Job Simulator. Which does sound friggin' hilarious, but is literally just you pretending to be doing a job wearing VR and physics happens, like Surgeon Simulator. Right, that style thing. 
for photocopying donuts. Admittedly, I'll give like Job Simulator its due. Its premise is kind of dumb and entertaining in itself. And it's supposed to be like, um, it's the far-flung future, humans are all extinct, and the robots have built a museum to remember humans by. And it's like what they thought we did. Mm. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which means that they could get they get it very wrong in places. So there you go. Uh, so then, I guess a, a, what looked like might be a, a proper VR game <laughs> came out, or, or they showed called Gone. Right. Um, which you know is a girl who is apparently bedridden with illness has the psychic power to control golems. Um, you know, and then they they very literally have her eyes glow blue or something when she's controlling a golem, like as if you're she, playing her with a VR headset on. That's not um, a bad idea. No, it, uh, and apparently it kind of works. It's you know they they they're going for a, a physical control setup, a bit like early Connect games tried. So like the way you tilt your body as if you were you know this bedridden girl, I suppose, just leaning about to do the control is how you're controlling the golem. And for all the people that have apparently tried it, this actually becomes fairly intuitive fairly quickly. So mm. maybe this works a bit better than, I don't know, Connect's Rise of Nightmares. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, I mean, it's made by... Um, uh, this is where Marty O'Donnell ended up. Um, you know, of Halo fame, composer man. This is his new team. Well, it's probably not his new team, but he's part of the team. So it's, you know, it's a small operation trying to come up with something. And this is where they're at. Uh, and then we had what is people won't shut the hell up about 100-foot robot golf. <laughs> Wait, I, hmm. No one really knows exactly how this game is going to play out yet. It's made by the gays, the, the gays, sorry, the guys that made Roundabout um, uh, previously about the spinning taxi cab in a sort of Kura 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 in Revival. Um Spinning limousine, not in taxi cab. Uh, yeah, and it appears to be, oh, you control a 100-foot robot in VR that can perhaps destroy buildings to make your golf shot easier. <laughs> There's golf on the moon where you shoot from the moon and land the ball on Earth somehow. It's the, Yeah, whatever. It, it looks bonkers. Could, could be okay. <laughs> Breathe into that microphone. Thank you. <laughs> uh... And Ace Combat's back, which seems like a natural game for VR. I, d- I hadn't heard about this before, but apparently called, they called the universe of Ace Combat the Strange Real. The Strange Real? Yeah. In that, you know, it's sort of realistic, but sort of bonkers and stupid at the same time. <laughs> Like, there has all these real military jets, and then for some reason there's always some giant flying fortress thing. Yeah. You could sort of apply that to most Japanese games doing the real military thing. Metal Gear Solid, I think, would count as a strange real. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, is that, no, is that their universe? or is that Yeah, no, the Ace Combat universe is, is, is it's what the, the fans call the Ace Combat universe. The strange real. Yeah. The strange real, but the, yeah. which apparently they've now embraced. It's like magical realism, isn't it? Sort of, I guess, where everything yeah, is normal, and then, and then there's a bit of weirdness. Apart from a few really stupid things, uh, yeah. So that's coming. I had the trailer was odd. I had some guy apparently like about to do a skydive, but then like giant 
<laughs> a giant flying fortress turns up, of course. Um, yeah, it was a bit. That was a bit odd. Uh, then we had Hob, um, which I can't remember who is making. Oh, it's Runic. Runic is making Hob. So the um, the guys behind Torchlight, which looks to be. I don't know. How would you describe it, Zach? Is it a bit of a dungeon crawler looking thing? <laughs> well, that but with a bit sense. Of, but with a bit of platforming, but somewhere in between Torchlight and a platformer. <coughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Didn't really excite me. I've heard, you know, the guy has a weird robot arm, so maybe they'll do things with that. But it's like twice the size of the rest of his body. Um, but, you know, people seem to like Torchlight. People seem to like Runic. There were some positive reactions to it, just not from me. Uh, and then what? Well, uh, something I thought would never happen uh, actually then happened. They're making a sequel to Nino Cooney, um, unimaginatively titled Nino Cooney Two. Um, but oh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it you know it looks great because it's you know that Studio Ghibli style animation back again. Uh, you know, visually look, looks fantastic. But it's like supposed to be about some boy king, except the boy king looks like. In, in a weird Studio Ghibli way, they've done this before. It doesn't. He doesn't look like a boy. It's like he's he's very feminine. He sounds like a girl. He has girl hair. In this modern day, I know it's not a problem, really. But why not just go all in and say it's a boy boy girl queen? A boy girl queen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't totally. know. I don't know. It's just, a lot of people have a bit of a, a stylistic issue with that. But right. it, I mean, it is just style. It's like, you know, the game will probably be absolutely fine. And like, I've not played the original. I still really want to, which is good because they've announced they're doing a remaster of the original one, like just up resing it for PS4. So, okay. Woo. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good to know. Nino Kuni on PS4. Yay. Uh, and then the show ended with Epic Games coming out saying, hey, we're working on this as well. And it turns out Epic have been making a MOBA. <laughs> what surprise? Called Paragon. Mm, that, okay. that you know was kind of an underwhelming way to end a show were you whelmed I, I mean if anyone's going to pull off the MOBA that I might want to play it might be epic right. you know if they yeah, go down the, the smite route rather than the dota route and make it a you know like a third person style you know full direct control MOBA maybe they're onto something here and you know epic have heritage they could pull this off uh but, you know, at the end of the day, you're still sat there going, are they really going to end on a MOBA? Really? Guys? Oh, show's over. Everyone's leaving. All right. Beers? Woo. Shall I stop this now? Yes. <laughs> Please, God. Uh, and that was PSX. That was PSX. Okay, cool. So, you know, surprisingly a large, you know, surprisingly large number of games no one had heard about before for, you know, what is their second extra show of the year? I suppose because they right. was, they did Paris Games Week and then they did this fairly quickly afterwards. You know, PlayStation got a lot of stuff going on, but you know, I'm not 100 percent sure it's a lot of stuff I'm really passionate about. <laughs> what about the 30 seconds of them talking to Kojima? <laughs> well, that what I didn't see that. They, well, didn't, they, they didn't really talk to Kojima. <laughs> yeah, there's like a video. I don't know if it came from that, but it was. Oh no, no, yeah, no. That, that was the, yeah, that wasn't at PS. Well, it probably was aired at the time. Right. But it wasn't in the in the keynote. Or right, okay. Yes, 
that happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's 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 different news. Kojima is officially out of Konami and is apparently already working with Sony on a PS4 exclusive of some kind. There you go. That's news. That is the news. I like there's a there's like a a, a resubtitled version of yeah. that conversation going around. And it just goes, oh yeah, and fuck Konami. Oh, oh yeah, yes. fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. <laughs> Uh, I kind of, I kind of, I really hope that this whole—I mean, I suppose it did—the whole fuck Konami thing started with Jim Sterling, and it's like it's got bigger than him now. Yeah, it's got bigger than him. Yeah, so that's that's good news that you know he's not going to disappear, or that the wherever his non-compete was isn't that restrictive. It sounds like it's just like he had to wait it out for a bit. Uh, yeah, which which makes it sound like perhaps his. Uh, contract ended earlier than it was supposed to and you know he just had to <laughs> you know part of his dismissal agreement or something maybe Kojima's new game will be console exclusive to PS4 but will come to PSC, PC after time the exclusivity period ah okay I didn't hear That's that good bit. to know yay apparently according to this don't know if it's true but that's what it says here I really want to know what this is. I mean, I know it's not years. It's going to yeah, be super early, isn't it? Right? It's going to be years, yeah, before we find out. But man, let's hope. Let's hope for something awesome. Uh, speaking of, because what what maybe several years before we see some sort of decent version of it, Star Citizen has a fairly massive update recently. Yep. Apparently, did. they just reached a hundred million dollars yep. funding. So, what's going on with it? Um, so they're calling it Alpha Two. Um, which apparently added uh, the ability to fly around basically a, a star system. Like, you know, they've finally opened it up. So it's no longer just dogfighting or looking at ships. It's like there's some exploration stuff has gone in. Um, you can fly around a star system. And also, you know, the, the multi crew ships are now a thing. Cool. Sort of. Apparently. Sort of. Define sort of. <laughs> like, they don't properly work and you can't really do anything with them yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. And apparently there's some first-person shooter stuff that went in as well. Yeah, they already had some amount of walking around in stations and stuff, but it wasn't really all linked together, which I think is the main thing, where it's like mm. now you can actually wake up in a bed and then walk to your ship and then get your ship and then take off, and it's all seamless and whatever. Nice. Because well, that was the big worry, right? Everything was being built as a separate module at one point. You know, technology be damned. And, yeah. you know, it sounds like they've finally got their act together and are starting to think about these problems. Kind of. <laughs> Except still not quite. Okay. It's still this limited segment of what they theoretically want to make at some point. Yeah, like a vertical slice. And then, like, comparatively to that, you've just had Elite doing their weird thing where they release their, what they're calling a season as, like, a separate product. But it's it's what you would think of as an expansion, except on Steam it's as a separate product. Just the people who bought the first one get it somehow or something. It's weird, okay. and everyone's pissed. Okay. <laughs> and apparently, it's not that great. It's mainly because it's like they've just they've released it into early access, but at like full price, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Why 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 are we paying this much for this much content?" But it's because it's early access, and because it's this season that they're supposedly going to be updating for a whole year, and then they'll do the next season or whatever. 
So I don't know. What even's in it? Is it like just a, a new set of story quests, or well, like is it like is, is, is it just full on universe mechanic updates? Or well, the th- the th- only thing that's in at the moment is they've added the ability to land on planets, airless planets, not all okay. planets. <laughs> so you can like drop a rover and drive around, and there's a few types of quests that are linked to driving the rover around, which apparently is okay, but like obviously like really generic where it's just like oh this is just another grey moon with randomly generated terrain and there's a building I have to drive to <laughs> so how does, this, how does this affect players that don't buy the season then do they just not get these extra features or it seems like does it hobble it, the game for them is the other question like, or will it hobble the game for them it's, it's, it's because it's a separate product it seems like that it doesn't it's like that it has become a cut off but I'm not sure how that works with like the whole idea of the servers because, you know, if you're not playing in solo, you're playing in a big world with potentially lots of people in. So I don't know how it, if they've split their user base at this point or not. I don't actually know how mm. that works. Yeah. Sounds weird. Definitely sounds weird. Space games. Space games getting updated. Space games getting more space. <laughs> space games that are apparently never, ever going to be finished. Yeah. Uh, what else we got in in news? Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, Paper Jam Bros came out and is apparently really good, despite our our worries about it. All right, cool. Like initial reviews seem pretty damn positive. So woo to that. Uh, so Smash Brothers apparently had its very last sort of announcement video, which means that you know I, I guess this means that the DLC run is coming to an end. Um, but it did drop a couple of interesting little tidbits to go alongside, you know, last last episode's announcement of Cloud being in it. Um, they've added Bayonetta to the roster. Oh, sweet. That's, that's, that's a brilliant option. Apparently that was the character that won the poll, the user right. poll for what character should we put in the game. She's not. Her clothes aren't going to come off, though. I, I <laughs> Presumably not, no. The, the, like, they, they'd have to be... They're going to have to tone her down significantly, right? Because it's just... Yeah. They have to make it for, I don't even know what rating Smash Brothers has. Probably not high. No. Um, T for teens, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, so th- that's cool. And, you know, there's another Fire Emblem character coming. Woo. And it, like, it, apparently, well, Zach doesn't recognize who it is, so apparently that might be one of the characters from the <laughs> new Final F- Fire Emblem. But I don't even recognize it from one fi- Fire Emblem game. It's, it's like okay, all the fine. old ones, of which there was like five or six. Yeah. I wouldn't recognize any of them. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah, neither of us know. Whatever. Another Fire Emblem. Probably another it sword wielder. Probably be another reskin. I don't know. Yeah, I would have guessed it would be from the new Fire Emblem game because, you know, co marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the last bit of news I have, really, is um, that TF2's tough break balance changes sound really bad, or, like, super all over the place, at least. Like, you know, TF2 updates are kind of much of a, you know, they're kind of a nothing these days, right? They're not doing anything interesting with that game anymore, really. But, you know, these these balance changes sound weird. Like, the pyro degreaser and flare gun is getting a significant nerf. Right. And um, which is annoying because you know apparently that's the loadout that most people use. Um, that's probably why they're nerfing it. Then yeah, that is. The, you know, the idea is that supposedly they want to encourage um, variety in the pyro loadout. But you know, the, the problem with when you nerf the one loadout that everyone likes instead of making the others better 
is you just annoy people. Mm. And so the, the current reaction to it is, well, the pyro is just not that effective anymore. Right. You, can't, you can never actually balance in that way because that's, you can never get rid of the most popular thing because then there's always another most popular thing. You can't actually make a perfectly balanced system, so there's always no. going to be one thing that's the most popular. <laughs> yeah. So why bother trying to fight that? But it doesn't have to be 90% of people. You know, it could be more like 60%. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't if know enough the, about what's been changed in order to like make a decent a decent opinion of my own there. But it is the you know both Zach and I kind of use loadouts like that. So, whereas Zach uses quite unusual loadouts for some classes. Well, for the scout mainly. <laughs> yeah, but even even the bow sniper is not that typical, is it? Well, I don't get goes, to use that very much any longer because of it goes through phases. Need a team, it? yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> You need cover to make that actually work. So the one pyro weapon that got a significant buff, apparently, is the Flodjostin Eminator, whatever that thing's called. That didn't need a buff, I think. No. Because like, that, that like, the already had... crit boost was ridiculous. And they already had to nerf that one time to make it so you weren't quite as invincible when triggering it. So this is the one thing I do know that they've added, that when you trigger it, apparently there are more iframes. You know, you're, longer for invin- you're invincible for longer when triggering the effect. But they already had to nerf that one time. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah I think it's dumb. I, I've never liked that weapon because it does come across as, well, the, the community considers it the least skillful way to play Pyro. <laughs> because, you know, it's got such a big range. It's got, you know, it's the fire, it's the, in the what do you call it, flamethrower for dummies. Um, uh, so Engineer is getting significant nerfs as well. Like the amount of time a sentry stays downed after dealing with a sapper has been increased. Um and also, demo knights have been nerfed, <laughs> especially well, that's to. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, like that one. I'm not so sure. I have a problem with it's uh, the thing that they've targeted specifically are melee weapons crit ratios. So you know, the chance of them getting random crits has been dropped significantly. Uh, and they've also added a feature which is currently breaking spies. Um, in that, when you respawn. For a few seconds after spawning, you get the outline view, right. so you can see where all your teammates are. Um, I say for a few seconds, it might be like 10 or 15 or maybe longer, I'm not sure. Um, but the problem everyone is saying is that obviously this then means that if a spy walks past, the outline isn't on them. Right. So it basically means that spy is dead. And so, yeah, spies are kind of broken right now. Especially while well, spies are attempting to stay at the rear of the enemy, anyway, you know, whether, so they get caught in this outline zone. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. P- T- TF2, man, it's like the more the more they do to that game, the more depressing it gets. <laughs> it's, well, it's had a good, really, really good long run. I don't sure, know. but it's. Like, mm. Do you hear about the Counter Strike thing with the pistol? Oh boy, man! Kippers was telling me about that yesterday. I heard there was a new weapon, and everyone was pissed off about it. But I didn't realize just how crazy that thing is. It was hilarious. I don't know how it made it into the game. It's it's insane. It's like for starters, they've made a pistol that you have to charge to fire, uh-huh. which is like the least Counter Strike thing you can do. But then it also has an alt fire mode, so it's the only gun in the game to have an alt fire. That basically just unloads its clip <laughs> in an instant, and it's just it's it's super overkill. I think the but, main issue with it is not only was it OP, but it was insanely cheap because it was a pistol. Yeah. Like so, so you. Well, it, it was a, be... it's a Deagle replacement. Yeah. So uh, you know it's not that expensive. 
Yeah. So you could kill someone who had spent money on body armor and like everything uh, in like by getting them with a grenade around the corner and then one shotting them. Yeah. It's a bit yeah, it's a big deal and it's it just sounds awful. I mean just that that gun's design sounds bad. Why a, char- a charge gun in a cap? Mm. What were they thinking? Yeah. Mysterious. Anyway, obviously they immediately nerfed it, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just do not understand the thinking behind it. They, it's, Counter-Strike isn't going away. Like The community's still growing. Mm. The money that must be going into Counter-Strike because of that ridiculous weapon economy they have. Yeah, that's the thing. They can't just get rid of it or whatever because it's too late because there's now an economy around... Yeah, I mean, selling, they can, like Reese paints or whatever. Sure, I mean they keep the gun, but they'll have, they they they're within their rights to significantly change its mechanics. Yeah, that's true. The skins will still be worth money, so you know if they're worried about the economy side of it, then you know they don't really have to. Yeah, that's true. It's oh boy, but that they, it just boggles me why they did it in the first place. The the, the, the CS the, the CS economy and the money they're making from it is still strong. It doesn't. Set, there's no indication to say that it's been, you know, that Counter Strike is suddenly struggling and they needed to do something dramatic to no. mix it up a bit. Ugh, it's, why? Why Valve? Why? <laughs> Not that I've played that for a long time. I kind of went. I'm out. I'm out of Counter Strike. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and that's all the news I got. Unless anyone else has got some. Uh, don't know. Um. Apparently, Just Cause 3 can run like shit on the Xbox One, like 17 frames a second, if you're unlucky. Yeah, I did hear that. The and Xbox One version isn't It takes 15 minutes great. to load. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very good. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a shame. Yeah. But even the PS4 version like, is somewhat susceptible to frame rate drops. It's like... Console versions of that game aren't all that, it seems. Yeah. I guess it makes sense because it's quite ambitious in that kind of open world, crazy, huge explosions kind of way of yeah. a million different things. Yeah. Well, and you know, Just Cause Two kind of made its. I, I, I'm assuming it made its like sort of reputation based on the PC version anyway, because you know at the time it wasn't a bad looking game. You know, it was one of those sort of push the boundary type moments. Where, mm. You know what could happen in the game. You know, so it's sort of. I want to say it made its impact on PC. So. I'm not too surprised at this stuff. Yeah. What else? Uh, oh, um, every Oculus Rift is going to come with Eve Valkyrie. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. That's kind of cool. Eve Valkyrie looks pretty cool, you know. Yeah. I, Kotaku has an interesting article on how some people have been playing the sort of near-to-complete version of it. And something about what they've done in, in terms of making it a game has perhaps made it lose some of its sparkle. And right. they're not 100% sure what that is, was right. the opinion that you know they wrote about. It's interesting to read because in some respects, perhaps like he touches on the idea um, of maybe it's something to do with having to now actually review the thing. Right. You know, to have to start looking at it somewhat objectively, like what's good, what's bad, and the process of playing the finished thing as opposed to being wowed by the initial experience mm. is somewhat deflating. <laughs> So who knows? That, that thing is probably still excellent, but I guess because I guess because the press have been treated to it before, that that initial wow factor is now gone, mm, diminished. 
Makes mm. sense. Right, that's it then for the news. news. <laughs> it's time for what you've been playing. And I don't know who goes first today. I can't remember what, who it was last time. It was probably think, you last time, wasn't it? Yeah, you I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I've not got much this time, so I think it's down to you guys. Um, I'd- Zach, let's go with Zach. Fuck it. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> well, the first thing, which is important for all of us, is Dirt Rally. It's out? Yeah. yeah. It's out, and I've initiated our our league plan. <laughs> you have? Okay, I need to get involved with this. Unfortunately, of course, when I go home for Christmas, I won't have my PC, so won't get started until the new year. <laughs> you're going to miss the first... You're going to miss the easy events. <laughs> yeah. your problem. Get oh. on it right after this podcast, and you oh, can yeah. easily do the, the first event. No, I mean, I'm going, apparently I've got to go and see John Barlow, so I can't do that. Hey. You've got two weeks. You've got yes. two weeks, Dan. Oh, you were yes. doing it. Each two season weeks will be two weeks. Where I won't have my PC, so that won't work. <laughs> it only takes like an hour to do the six stages I set up. Yeah, that's the okay. thing. I'll see if I can do it tomorrow. Like Aaron, and also, oh, and, and Zach wants you to record the replay of the first stage so we well, can do some can. kind of. That's not uh, vital, man. But I'm so rusty. Okay, I'll see you. Where we well, go. that's why I made the first event easy. The first event is in Germany with the Lancer and the Lancer just seems like a really easy car to drive anyway it is pretty easy I haven't driven anywhere near that level of car and it's like I found that pretty easy okay yes so that's that's like the training event so you probably should try and do that if you can okay that'll be the practice for the hard ones I can do yeah All right. yes I've erased it for it's Germany with the Lancer first then Sweden with the 2000s because I wanted to do some new stuff then you've got Monaco in group B because I thought that would be hilarious (laughs) I'll just go rolling off a mountain. Yeah, okay. But on that one specifically, I've said it so you can restart every stage rather than the whole thing because I know that it's really easy to die in Monica. <laughs> right, yeah. that's good. And then there's Finland in Group A, Greece in the 80s rear-wheel drive, and Wales in the 2010s. If nice. we ever get all the way through that. And that takes an hour? Surely like more well, than two hours? No, each, no, no. Each one of those takes oh, an hour. Right, yeah, and it's every two weeks it's, it changes to one of those. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he's, he, that's the cool thing about this. You can sort of set up a schedule for, each, for all of the events and just kind of let it go. It's sort of cool, except you can't change anything after you've started it, which is slightly annoying. I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> well, it sort of makes sense for the event that's currently running, but not necessarily the next one. No, yeah, it, the, the thing ones. is, yeah. there's a different difference between like events and seasons. It's like each of those events you have you schedule, which is why I set them each event for the two weeks, and they're all part of a season. Theoretically, I didn't have to make them all part of a season because I mean, well, does that mean there's like a running championship point or something? Well, yeah, that's what okay. the season's for is like the championship point. So really, that oh, doesn't man. matter. Sucks to be Dan right now. <laughs> <laughs> why? You'll lose out on your championship points for the first <laughs> first event. God well, it's it. like yeah, I have to play on your PC. That'll do it. <laughs> That's true. Probably good. No, you can yeah, probably could. Well. Yeah, you probably could. You could give it a wheel go. But it runs like Christ. this. Is, okay, if we're talking dirt rally, I think since the last couple of, I, I sort of stayed out of it since what version point five, probably yeah. uh, wanting to like do things properly as soon as it hit version one. Yeah, some fix all the force feedback and stuff. Well, something in that time has given me some technical hiccups. Like it's not. It runs worse than it did before, and also force feedback now gives me a stuttering. Which is really frustrating. It's kind of noticeable and quite off-putting, and it's 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 absolutely to do with force feedback. If I unplug my wheel and start playing with a controller, the stuttering goes away and it runs much better. So something about this force feed, whatever they've done to force feedback, I bet it's is, Windows 10. is bad. It could be Windows Ten. It could be because that also happened. Because <laughs> I haven't 
noticed any difference. <laughs> and we're basically running on the same graphics, yeah. I guess. Not that uh, graphics should be affected by force feedback. <laughs> no, I mean that's the I mean that's the giveaway in some respects, yeah, other than unplugging your wheel and it suddenly getting better. Um is that you know you can lower the graphics as far as you want and the stutter is still there in exactly the same way. And it's kinda sucky. Also, I had a slight problem installing the very latest version of it, where it, it, uh, Steam got very confused and didn't boot it for a while. It would like drop out. It would well, it would start and then drop out, going the Steam servers are unavailable right now. And it's like, wait, what? What? So I had to get it to validate itself and verify its files, and then it was fine. What? But yeah, so what, so what do you think of the final version of Dirt Rally overall? Yeah, how's it going? It's not really any different. I tried Sweden a little bit, and you know, right. I think I already mentioned that, didn't I? I don't remember. Soft verges. Yes. There's not, not really... There's still things that, like... Well, the main thing that I, only just, that I only noticed after I tried to set up a league is you can't do car setup, and you don't get access to your engineers for the service areas. So you get shit all repaired capability basically is one thing but in the web interface that you use to set up the leagues after you've made the event it says like vehicle tuning is off and career engineers is off but those options don't actually exist you can't turn them on because the options don't exist and they're able to do that yet <laughs> mm. so it's like they haven't quite finished apparently they're still in the progress of making some things that they've Half implemented. That web interface is a bit of a is a bit shitty anyway because we couldn't figure out with the league set to being closed how to get get me into the league. Yeah, it says you can invite your friends, and there's a button in the in the league web interface where you just select the friend's username and hit invite, and apparently that doesn't do anything. Well, I couldn't it. see anywhere by which I could see the invite was the thing. There was nowhere either in the game or in the web interface by which I could see where the invite would be. Like I and didn't receive Rob's, an email, I didn't receive anything. Like, And then Rob said he could search the league that I was in and request to join, but I don't think that should have even worked unless I'd set it to moderated, where it would have asked me to oh, right, confirm the invite. But the fact that it let you search for and apparently make well, you think you were sending an invite. Well, this is the thing, I, I, couldn't, well. I couldn't get search to work at all. Like Whenever I tried to do a search, it didn't actually do anything. The only way I found it was because I could click on Friends Leagues and it would show you as being part of it. So yeah, the I think it's, it's still a, kind of boned. Yeah, it's a little broken. <laughs> but I don't. The thing is, I don't think that's actually changed since the, they first implemented it. From what little I remember of the one league I played in, really early on, I think it's mostly still the same. And also, I, uh, if if I remember rightly, the person who was running that league said it was quite similar to like the previous interfaces they'd used in like Grid and stuff. Okay, right. It's previous race net efforts. Yeah. So maybe they'll get round to updating that at some point. I don't know. I hope so, because it's a it's a cool idea. Well, the, league, mean, the, the league stuff is neat, but it's of, just like it just needs to work. <laughs> a lot of the things that people have been complaining about in general is that like it's not it's like because it's asynchronous. It's not really. Because it's asynchronous and it doesn't have enough features, it's like too asynchronous. Because <laughs> you can't really even look at the times of the other people that easily, really. Uh, yeah, you can, once you've done the run. Well, yeah, once you've done the run, you can look at the overall 
like you can see the list but can you like get back to that very easily and if you've completed the event and and like you're just waiting for the next event can you then go back and see it because then, then like the menu option changes when you try and go into the league oh, right. the end scores okay interesting i don't know i mean i can see it from the web interface so <laughs> i can see the actual per stage times there well yeah well maybe if i yeah maybe if you look up the league as a um as a you member know, as well, maybe. Yeah, if you just, just go into the league page and maybe it'll show you stuff. I didn't like, check it out. It's not really... And, you know, people really kind of wanted, like... I don't know if they exactly want a more realistic... Like, if you, if you could play a rally where you could actually have more than one car on the stage and they were just, like, you know, timed launches or whatever, <laughs> that maybe be a bit ridiculous. Hmm. That that's probably a bit too hardcore. It'd be a neat option to have, maybe, but yeah, for most, that's just going to be too much. I mean, for most people, let's go for like, well, for anyone who's serious about you know doing the rally, that's not going to be any different because in like in reality, no car should ever catch up with each other because that's how. <laughs> well, they space them out by like five yeah, minutes or something. They, they should they? be spaced out enough that. In the majority of cases, unless someone has a ridiculous crash, no one's ever going to see anyone, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> mm. At least that's the theory. And, you know, the stages in Dirt Rally are, are short enough that it, even then it should, you should virtually never be able to catch up with someone. No. But then, like, the problem is, is like, you know, it, it, if you're doing it live, like, because then you then have to do the penalties live as well, right? Like, if you actually choose to do a puncture, you're going to have to sit there for, like, a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be weird. I mean, It'd be kind so- of awesome, but, you know, in, in, in the same breath, no one's going to want to do that. It would be kind of awesome if it, because you know that's one of the other things that we said early on that they could do to make the to make things a bit more like have more random events to have like here's a broken down car at the side of the road of someone else who's had a problem and it's just an obstacle there to like slightly screw you up. I mean that was the one thing Dirt did well, right? I mean yes, the cars launched like. 10 seconds apart or whatever, so it's pretty unrealistic in that respect. Yeah, but you know at least there would be. Um, like oh, there's an accident up ahead. I don't know how your guy would know, but you know he would he would call it out to you, and yeah, there'd be a car on the side of the road or something like that. You'd be fudged, obviously, but it's like it's still there, and it's neat. Yeah, that could be something they could do. I mean, they did technically have the ability to do because it's it's one thing that you like. It's an incredible, It's sort of like how there's wildlife in dirt rally, where sometimes when you're driving along the road, you can see a rabbit running across the road in the distance. It's like it's a random event that you never see, but there's also like one that can actually affect your car. Is like on cer- on certain stages, I think only in Wales. Occasionally, there'll be a random large rock. <laughs> oh, really? Just in the drag. Oh, wow, that's kind of bad. And you can hit it and do some damage. Maybe that explains why I flip my car randomly. Well, sometimes. no, it doesn't actually have physics like that it just mm. does damage <laughs> as you drive over it but it's just like it's just a random thing that you virtually never see and it's like so they sort of made the ability to do that except i'm pretty sure it only happens in one specific place mm. my, my my usual complaint still stands though there just needs to be more stages per area more actual different stages i don't like these like splitting two proper stages into six there. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's poop. Fair enough. It gets quite boring over the length of a rally, like but, d- d- doing the same stages and noticeably doing the same stages. 
but that's why I made sure on our on our league to make sure that we never do the exact same place twice. Yeah, we do. Obviously, in six stages, you have to do some of the same track, but I've done it so you do the reverse ones in those cases. Yeah, that's more. Yeah. Fun. So, yeah. yeah, it, it comes cool. across. It still feels cheap when that happens. It's just like mm, you've done this. As always, you've done this better before. Like. Uh, to be fair, it probably took a lot more resources to do um, the same kind of length stages these days to the level of detail than they used to. Well, a bit of me wonders if it does, like, because, mm, I don't know, there's like short of like putting a few extra cars on the side of the road or, you know, crowd tape. It's like, it's still... I just uh, mean like the geometries. <laughs> yeah. But, but once you get the engine down, surely like actually just carving out a path in it isn't that much more difficult i don't know maybe a bit of me struggles with that i mean yes it would be more difficult but i'm not sure it's that much more difficult Mm, maybe i mean probably the tools are better than they were yeah absolutely put grass here please and it just populates some grass Mm, yeah who knows don't know enough about 3d modeling or or of roads (laughs) or rally courses to Mm. comment really I imagine it does take more effort than it used to um, per stretch of track because it looks so much better. You know, there's so much more geometry. Like, I mean, the number of, obviously there's tooling and stuff, but then obviously there's massively more polygons, for example. Yeah, but that's, that's mm, the number of polygons isn't what no. should take the time, right? It's like, when, yes, the generation of the assets for the zones is probably the biggest. Yeah the biggest thing, right? You know, generating, oh, right, rocks in this land need to look like this. Well, we need a bit of wall that looks like this. We need a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Monaco in particular is the one that stands out because it has to have that transition from the sort of autumn to the ice. Yeah. Um, But in theory, once you've done that, right, just building the circuits within it is, uh, you know, if your tools are good, it should be drag and drop, you'd think. And then yes, you've got to have you've got to dra- drop more items into the the world because you can now. Mm. You think if that but was is true, it really that much worse? <laughs> you think it... if that was true though that there would be less zones uh, and more more indiv- you know uh, well, original yeah. tracks per zone if that was yeah. the way that the work split because surely they want to get maximum out of their work. Yeah, but that would piss people off even more because you actually want different zones because that's the that's like the main thing about rally is driving on different surfaces. Yeah. So if they had to sacrifice one of those two things, then I guess doing less tracks but more types of track is probably the better. better I mean, it, right. is a, it is a nasty problem to have because rally requires, you know, for rally to be rally, it almost certainly requires the most effort, right? <laughs> Compared to most racing games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why we want it, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we're getting see, it to some extent. We'll see what happens, I guess. There hasn't really been any more releases after, like, post-launch releases. There's been a couple of bug fixes. Yeah. <laughs> mini patches. So we'll well, I say mini, mini bug dirt standards. Anyway, the last patch was still 300 megs, but... Well, that's quite small. Somehow, like, I haven't been playing it, but Starbound's been updating recently, and their patches are still, like, five to 700 megs, and it's like, that's most of the game! <laughs> Have you still not managed to make your patch and only patch the bits that need changing or whatever? Maybe they don't care when the game is, like, only yeah, gig in size. It's like, yeah, uh, we don't need to worry about this. 
Yeah, Starbound has been. I've been reading the patch notes, but not playing. And for some reason, they it, they reintroduced having enemies knock you back when you touch them, which they got rid of. It's like they did one combat update where they where they made it so only enemies doing attacks actually hurt you, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that's a good change." And now they've done another combat update where they've changed it back, <laughs> and, and now everyone's pissed off. But maybe it, maybe it works with the new other combat systems that they've changed. So who knows? I wish they'd stop changing that. <laughs> Just make a decision. I'm, I'm still, I'm still mildly surprised. Starbound is still going. Yes, it is mildly surprising. <laughs> they, they, I, I mean, they've made several news posts recently where they've been talking like there's probably only one more update, and then it will be version one, what they consider version one, mm. and then they're going to continue updating afterwards. <laughs> So we'll they'll have hit, they hit their initial feature build or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Because that's technically true of Dirt Rally too, right? They're still going to <laughs> well, I mean, be doing stuff to it. You know, they always wanted to backport soft vergers, perhaps. Well, they sort of say that, but, you know, it's like... You, it's, it's easier to believe it when it's like an indie developer like Starbound rather than Codemasters. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Although Codemasters have kind of like treated this like an indie dev project, haven't they? There's, like, sort there's, of, yeah. There's, there's that same feel to it. Yeah. And I still think even though the game's hit 1.0, it, uh, it kind of actually does feel like an indie game, right? It doesn't feel like Codemasters' previous efforts at all. Well, yeah. The other trouble with Dirt Rally is that now they've announced that they're releasing it on consoles in April, so I imagine that they're just yeah. going to have to put <laughs> most of their effort that. into that now. Which, yeah. And then, and then there's the question, it's like, okay, once they hit that point, does that then mean... Is that um, the lockout where it's like, now we're literally done because we can't change our consoles and we're not going to diverge the versions? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it could, and yeah, again, knowing Cody's past, that is probably the cutoff point. That is probably where they stop because they don't. They didn't really do any updates or patches to the previous Dirt games, like on any of them, really, other than hey, it's DLC time. And so oh, fuck games for Windows Live is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how well the how well the whole project has gone for them. You know, financially. Yeah. Is is this kind of. Is the early access route a success for a game like this? Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. What else? Well, we play some more Rocket League as usual. Yep. Snow Day. Yep. They introduced their weird hockey thing. I think it's fun. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> Admittedly, the puck physics are somewhat broken in places and bonkers, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, sandwich pucks like just make them fly, and the times where it randomly gets stuck to the ceiling. Yes, don't know what's up with that. <laughs> That's some really weird physics, man. It's, it's funny though. Yes, and apart from that, you know. There was the new arena, which we mentioned last time, but we've we had to we played on that more now. And you know, mm. that's fine. Although there's something about that arena that just seems to make it. It's like, it's actually a, not that much of a difference in like shape, but it really does make it weirdly play a lot differently considering yeah. how much of a minor change it is. 
It's it's like so the it, the wasteland arena only subtly raises the edges of the arena, so like the the whole thing is sort of sloped upwards towards the left and right side. But yeah, it seems to mess with the the gameplay flow significantly. Like things don't you can't you don't you can't line up shots in quite the same way. You can't rely on corner play as much. Well, it it just seems it's, like a lot a lot of the time on that map, your the ball isn't on the ground as much. Yeah, strangely, it's like it's all air shots. Mm. But then, of course, like some bits of it, um, it, there are bits of that level that feel a little bit broken. Like you know, there are times where you're on the slopey bits, for instance, and the camera decides to go under the floor. Or if you're, um, it, you know, it doesn't take much to get an aerial shot if you're on the upper edges of one of the slopes. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, they they didn't bother changing the stats. <laughs> stats is made for it. Yes. That's kind but you know, of it's a, it's 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 not as much of a uh, it's both a mix up and not as much of a problem as I think people would be worried about. <laughs> and as we sort of guessed, it doesn't seem to be in the ranked playlists. Yeah, which makes sense. I think that's perfectly fine. It probably shouldn't be. Yeah. We don't know what they're doing next. They haven't really made another announcement of what's happening after in the new year. I mean, short of the um, the stuff Huff. they're doing for Xbox, yeah. And I guess they mentioned they're doing like sort of usability patches, like the reporting oh, system and stuff. No, they have, they have said some stuff. Um, like um, ranked rejoin is going to be a thing. Well, that's what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> they're doing usability stuff, like rejoining ranked games and reporting people. Yeah, <laughs> ranked rejoin is going to be a thing. They're officially going to unlock the frame rate for PC users. So if you want to run it at 60 plus, you no longer have to hack a file somewhere like I've done to get it to run at 120 and above. And they're just officially adding that. And also apparently one of the recent patches introduced a problem for people running high resolution setups where the UI got bigger unexpectedly. Um, well, it's not really a problem. They were trying to trying to like make it more usable in high resolutions but people weren't expecting it to suddenly change yeah well, so, so those people like filed that as complaints so their response is well we're just going to have a UI size slider in the next version yeah. it's like I'm okay with that because I'd quite like to make my UI a lot smaller they really should have done that in the first place yeah I mean if, if it means that the text that says 30 seconds remaining or whatever is smaller then because <laughs> that is the worst bit right it just appears in the middle of your fucking view where you need to be looking most of the time and it's like oh, I go away go away extra text <laughs> if I can just make that smaller maybe that's better yes maybe so Rocket League Rocket League still Rocket League yep uh, I played some smallish amount more of Just Cause Free. I fi- finished the first island okay Finished as in, like, cleared every outpost or whatever. Yeah. What do you have? Blowed up every... I actually, I actually took everything over. Right, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do all of no, it of course to not. progress the story. Well, obviously, I, you want to blow everything up. Yes. I didn't do all of the challenges for that island, because at some point, those challenges are retardedly difficult. <laughs> I was mm. just like, fuck this. I'll get as many as I can for the unlock tree, but I won't bother trying to five-star literally everything. You'll probably find like some easier ones, perhaps on the at the start of the next. Well, I mean, they or... they say that like you don't need to five star everything to unlock everything. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Then. I mean, there's achievements for it, of course. That's the that's the one reason to five star everything at some point mm. is for the achievements. But you know, whatever. Won't worry about that until I finish the game, I guess. Yeah, unlocks first. Always unlocks. 
especially given that they're the one thing that's you know they're the one sort of fun progression system in that game it seems sort of i, I think it's kind of dumb that they made a big deal about being able to toggle them on, on and off and there's like two where doing that actually matters <laughs> right and there's not really that many upgrades either it's like that unlock tree is actually really sparse uh, so it's just like you know you look at the boat unlock tree and it's like oh you get you get turbo boost and you get the turbo jump and that's pretty much it <laughs> it's like there's not really anything to it in most cases which is sort of a shame you feel like they could have invented some more interesting things and things that would have actually been like things that you would have wanted to toggle on and off it's people... like sometimes i want my boats to be i don't know more heavily armored but at the cost of speed or something <laughs> it's like people mod that in right well, yeah, I mean, I guess, but it's kind of a weak-ass system in base game. And, you know, I, when I finally did the storyline mission related to freeing the island, they did exactly what I thought they were going to do that was slightly disappointing, where they just rehashed the end of Just Cause 2 with the riding the rocket thing. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, so that just happens like a third of the way through the game, right? Yeah, that's the end of Act 1, basically. <laughs> so does this mean that, like, well, but then they're going to have to try and top it for Act 2? Well, yeah, three? that's the trouble. It's like, how do you top, top that? <laughs> well, the thing is, it's not very dramatic in Just Cause 3, which is also weird in itself. Because it's like, in the end of Just Cause 2, it was like, you know, it was the combination of all the insanity. You fucking grapple onto a rocket, and you grapple onto, and someone else is riding a rocket, and you go over there and punch him. <laughs> It's like, okay. that's really dumb. I was about to say, surely, that yeah, you're riding two rockets, but it sounds like they did that already. <laughs> yes, but it just goes three. You, you just grapple onto a rocket as it's taking it off. And for some reason, the, the like, I guess the dictator guy, he just has, a, like, a computer console and a speaker attached on the side of the rocket. I don't know, just in case. <laughs> so as you jump on the rocket, he starts talking to you. <laughs> to which your response is, fuck you, missile. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't realise who it is. Really. It's just like the rocket starts talking. It's like fuck you, missile. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with this, but it was dumb. It was just like it wasn't even. It wasn't a long sequence, and you didn't do anything. It was just part of the sequence, and it wasn't mm. very dramatic, and it was really easily resolved. It's just like oh shit, the rocket's going to destroy this town. Well, let me just lean slightly to the side and crash it into this military base instead. <laughs> Woo, <laughs> done. That's that. <laughs> So it's sort of disappointing, but like, if they somehow manage to up it more in the Act 2 and Act 3, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see if I get around to playing it more, I guess. Because <laughs> I didn't play that much. Also, apparently they've patched it, but it still hasn't fixed the AMD problems. <laughs> it's just been other, other patch things. Apparently right. loading times might be better. <laughs> but that'll be nice. <laughs> Not that, you know, you only load... Well, you load one time if you're just doing open world stuff, but as soon as you go into like challenges or whatever, it's loading a specific setup. So hopefully those will be quicker. Whoop whoop. So yeah, that was that. I played quite a bit more Fallout 4 still. Still on your luck run? Yes, still on my weird luck character, who has, I think, overtaken my main character in terms of level now, but not really progress. <laughs> Okay. It's weird because I was looking at my friends list and like the achievement pop ups in the activity feed, and it's pretty much everyone in my friends list stopped in the main story at the exact same point because <laughs> mm. you can see because of the achievements related to it. I mean, most of them actually stopped playing also, but 
It seems like everyone gets to a certain point in the story and then just stops. Well, yeah. Is there any reason for that? Well, I did it because... I, don't, don't, I mean, this is just something that I had happen, but it's like, at that point, you sort of learn that the story doesn't tell you what level you're meant to be. <laughs> and you realise that, like, it can be unnecessarily hard if you're not... With if you if you basically haven't over leveled yourself, so I think that's maybe what happens for everyone. Is so like you realise that like side quests instead. Yeah, you're better off just going and doing side quests for a while to make sure that you're decently equipped before you go into the story missions. Right, and you can sort of tell that to some extent by like the location on the map that the story mission is sending you to, because the further southeast you go the harder it gets and that also applies to the story to some extent right so you could just like, bugger the story off to that mission, area the story missions seem to be like pretty much in a diagonal line across the map so far so you could just go to that area and scope it out and then yeah if it's hard go no i'm not ready for this yeah it's getting kind of weird on my luck character now because I think I've reached the tipping point where it's starting to become easy again, like I did with my main character. It took a bit longer on the on the luck character for the for it to reach that point, mm. but now I can manage like death claws and stuff relatively easily. Bit of mysterious stranger action. Yes, and yeah, I've, there's another cool thing that you'll probably like about it, just to make the mysterious stranger even cooler. <laughs> it's like. You, you in the storyline, you meet that detective guy, the detective robot dude oh, that yes, everyone yes. loves. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and he's like a private eye or whatever. <laughs> and then after you rescue him, you can he has a, like a little set of side quests of, of like his unresolved cases or whatever, where you can go and help him with various side story stuff. Yeah. But under his bed, there's an extra case notes file that you, that doesn't trigger a mission about his research into the mysterious stranger. Oh wow! And it, and it like charts like all the locations throughout the Fallout universe where he's been seen before. So it's like, oh, the Capital Wasteland that was from Fallout Three. <laughs> cool. But then also related to that, like when it when in the game when it triggers and the mysterious stranger appears in Vats and shoots a guy, when it pops back out of Vats, if he's your companion, he's like, hey, stop, come back! And then he's like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cool. Well, that's neat. That's so neat. Like, he just comments on the mysterious stranger appearing and then disappearing and be like, fuck, he's disappeared again. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. They've tried to at least sort of world build the stranger in, at least. <laughs> Yes. That's I cool. have been having weird problems with it recently, though, where, like, it doesn't work correctly sometimes. I mean, it's like, occasionally it will spawn the Mysterious Stranger so close to the enemy that his gun clips through them, and that causes him not to actually fire, so he just stands there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really bad when you need it, where it's like, oh, he's going to kill him. Oh, wait, he didn't even shoot. He just disappeared again. <laughs> I guess you could count that as being part of the luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. The luck of the luck tree. <laughs> luck upon luck upon luck. Dice rolls on dice rolls. Yep. Dice within dice. Indeed. It's a hyper dice. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and that was mostly all I played. Oh, oh, wait. I did actually also go back into Kerbal Space Program a little bit. I hadn't played it since, since the last update where they messed around with the arrow again aerodynamic forces and it's just made it really difficult even more <laughs> the main problem i have now is like the changes they've made to the aero aerodynamic forces is that you don't get nearly as much deceleration from the atmosphere especially on curving as you used to so you can't 
especially in the early game where you, if you're playing career and you don't have as many parts to work with, you can't have very big capsules re-entering because they're just too heavy, so they don't decelerate enough to allow you to deploy the parachutes without them getting ripped off. Right. So you, 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 if you want, like, the larger the capsule you're working with, the, like, you... The only real way to compensate is to go for an extremely low, shallow entry yeah, and try right. and burn through as much atmosphere as possible. I guess that's you... that's real. I guess realistic. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it gets. I think it's maybe too much now. You have Isn't to it? Because there's a pretty precise angle you have to be within, so as not to like skip off, right? Well, in yeah. Real I mean, world. that doesn't exist in yeah. yet, but yeah, it's sort of all. It's like. Finding that angle can be tricky because it's because the lower your angle, obviously the higher your speed. So you're having to decelerate. You have to lose more speed, but you've got more atmosphere to do it in. But then you're trying to find the precise balance between too much and not enough, mm. and it's actually kind of difficult to do. And it's really awkward in the early game as well when like you can't if you can't get to orbit, you have to basically make sure you're burning all your fuel to go sideways rather than just dropping straight back down because dropping straight back down you don't have enough time in the atmosphere to decelerate no so it can be kind of awkward and also i think they've rebalanced the contracts and you know the general career progression to just make it i don't know it seems like it's almost too hard now to actually make progress i it's easy to make money but it's not very easy to make reputation and science points from the contracts, which kind of slows you down quite a lot. Mm. Especially because they introduced the... They made it so you can't just refuse contracts. Like, if you refuse a contract, rather than letting it expire, you lose reputation. And because you don't get very much reputation any longer, you can't really afford to keep doing that. So I don't know. It's pretty much the same it's just slightly more difficult <laughs> right easier in some ways mostly more difficult in other ways yes i mean i made an early game plane to do like survey missions or whatever and actually like the way the aerodynamics works in terms of you know using it to making it make sense yeah <laughs> using it to fly a plane around that seems quite easy now good whether that i don't know how much that will affect like you know, single stage to orbit or whatever, space planes, that probably might be quite difficult. Well, there, although there are like quite a few new, there have been over the various recent patches, quite a few new parts for that kind of stuff, like specialized engines and engines that work better at different altitudes. So maybe that's easier. I don't know. I've never got far enough in a career to, to actually have that be an option. And I haven't really played sandbox for quite a while. Hmm. Would you go for sandbox usually, or at least days, or do you seem to go for career since that was the new thing? Yeah, I mean, I want, it's just because it's like, you know, it's a progression thing. I want yeah. to actually have goals that aren't right. just goals I make myself. And I, I guess I could play in science mode, but then I, you know, I wanted to see what it was actually like with the actual contracts because the contracts mm. are the sort of more interesting thing to some extent. Mm. Because it's even more specific goals. It's not just like the science where it's like go to a place and activate your science modules. <laughs> Get science here. So yeah. Look at the science box. A decent amount of kerbal. 
Cool, yeah. And another thing that updated that I didn't play was Prison Architect did another update. I still need to watch your video on that. <laughs> well, the thing is, one of the things that we talked about in that video is no longer true, because now you can have female jails. Wow. Wow. And they, Cash, and they... Cashing in on that orange is the new black dollar. <laughs> yep. But the, the thing about the female jails is like they actually play differently as well, which is interesting. They have well, like psychology to it. Or... Yeah, they have specific mechanics. Like in general, the the woman prisoners are slightly less hardy in fights, but then they also have specific needs. Like some of them can have babies, and they need specific rooms for dealing with babies and stuff. Oh, if they enter the prison pregnant, you mean? Presumably, well, they don't get pregnant in prison unless you have a yes. mixed prison. Unless you've watched <laughs> Orange Is the New Black, yeah. You have. <laughs> like the first two years of babies or whatever and they have a lot of supposedly psychologically psychologically it's like they have higher needs for family and stuff it like modifies the actual like needs layout slightly so that's kind of weird i haven't tried that yet apparently in general people are saying that the female prisons might be slightly harder overall because of those changes so i don't know maybe i'll try it We'll see. And then, then there's a bunch of balancing for escape mode, but I still never have tried that either. <laughs> it's not really what I'm interested in in Prison Architect. Right. Not, not until it appears that it's a finished thing, anyway. Okay. Well, it's time for Rob's turn, I guess. Mm. What have you been playing, other than, like, Hearthstone? No, let's talk about that. I think you should. Alright, let's talk, let's talk Hearthstone. I haven't got very far in it, to be honest. I've only really got through the tutorial stuff. Um... This seems to be a fairly uh, fairly solid thing thus far. It's quite well presented. Seems to work quite well. It's like um, in some respects, it is like Magic: The Gathering, but simplified, right? In ways that make sense. Like, right. so you don't have to worry about um, mana color or anything like that. For instance, it's all just uh, every turn that you get, you gain one more mana that you can play with on that turn, up to a maximum of ten. Right. So. Um, yeah, the game kind of like you know it gates itself by through turns, not through whether or not you happen to have drawn a forest, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is right. which is fair, you know. It, it feels you're less likely to just get mana screwed by your hand or right. by the order of the draw, and that's it's cool. like you know that's that that's absolutely fine. Do you still um, have cards that will add to your mana temporarily or whatever, like mana acceleration? I or... mean, maybe not that I've come across. Um, I mean, yeah, no not, not in the early game. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know, not in the early game. Um, but there's, I mean, there's every possibility that there are cards that can do that because it does set itself up as like there are still the sort of creature and spell system, um, but it's right, uh, and you know those spells could have any number of effects. It seems, and the creatures could have any number of special abilities assigned to them. Um, but in, on all of those fronts, it's an incredibly similar game. Uh, where the rules start to differ is you is that the player always has the choice of attacking the hero character so you can you can always uh, provided the enemy's creatures lines don't have a taunt um creature which forces you to have to attack that um first um you can just go straight for the player player's hero if you want and just sort of bypass the creature line oh i see okay um, and there's also other little things as well. Like, so if you if you manage to equip your character with weapons, which are a card as well, you you can attack so that, as yourself. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. 
Um, so certain so is there play styles, like like aura enchantment type cards. Um, I haven't come across anything that you know you sort of hundred percent just lay over the top of a card yet. Okay. Um, there are cards that will affect other cards. So one of the creatures I've come across basically buffs attack power of everything else you have in play. Yeah, sure. Um, for instance, so you know there are ones like that, but I haven't come across equipment in the sort of strictly magic sense or even auras per se. Right. Um, equipment, I think, is. I would imagine they've kept it relatively simple, and that it's only something you can equip to you. So you say, "Oh, I've got a weapon now." Right. Um, what about like I'll stand alone, like artifacts or enchantments? So do you have those? Like again, not that I've come across. Okay. Um, not not things that sort of stay in the game as just a thing. As a thing. I think, it, I think yeah. they are sort of limited to either one-off effects or effects ties to creatures. Is is what I've seen so far. Right. Um, yeah. So it's it's a simplification, cool. but in many ways it's it's welcome. It feels easier as in terms to learn to learn its mechanics although i'm sure i haven't uncovered all the mechanics yet um but in the in 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 the same breath it's it makes the game more important about how you use those things i guess you don't have to worry about the minutiae of uh like oh shit i really need to get my mana farm up and running and i need to just you know hold on for a while until i can actually do something it's like no you're doing stuff all the time because the play style of both characters kind of has to be somewhat similar mm. um you need your creatures you like everyone but, but then you use your spells as backup and it's like there's the interplay between those things on a fairly simple level in a way it's like kind of like what the magic video games did right you know what i mean okay. they took they took the entire complexity of magic and distilled it down to what was relevant to, uh, in those sets at the time and then limited you further by only allowing you to build decks of certain styles yeah um yeah halfstone is that very much just that. And if you, okay. if you know anything about magic, you will probably know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Um, as I say, I'm, I'm yet to dive super deep into it. I've got to the point where I can make my own deck, but the amount of cards that I actually have access to means that there's only really... I can only just build decks out of everything that I have, pretty much. Um, I haven't got to the point where I've got enough stuff to really be thinking about playstyle and things like that. So I guess the the next thing I need to do is to start digging into the... There is a sort of solo career mode, which you don't have to play online. And I think it calls it the practice mode, yeah. um, You know, which I'm, I, I will attempt next to hopefully unlock a few more cards and open up a few more possibilities. Um, and, you know, other than some loading times on my iPad, it generally runs just fine. You know, the controls are great. It's a pretty neat implementation of how to play one of those games possibly because of its simplifications it makes it just easy to see what's going on um yeah it's neat thus far i'll keep going like i need to dig deeper i suppose to get a full understanding of it but it's so it's left a good first impression cool so do you have a full-on BattleNet account and everything? In order yeah, but you have to go down that route. I think if you want, if you want to go anywhere near the online stuff, you need to create a BattleNet account. And right. I think you can reuse if one if you already have one from StarCraft or um, probably any other Blizzard game. But it's uh, yeah, for me, I had to actually create one for once. Is that all right? Like pretty I mean, simple. Yeah, it's cool. the usual registration. It's the same as RaceNet, you know. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. no, RaceNet was nice and easy, actually, thinking about it, because you could just go log in as Steam. Oh, right, okay. Had a, but, like, you know, had the whole, lo- lo- like, how, like, log in with Facebook sort of thing. Like, RaceNet actually just offers a login with Steam thing, and it's like, oh, okay, problem solved. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. I- I'll proceed with that. 
the other I suppose I, I have been playing a lot more Metal Gear. I'm still playing that. Um I I haven't played anything for the past two weeks, I'm afraid. I've just been okay. too busy apparently doing stuff seemingly every evening so i haven't had a chance to get stuck into any metal gear i think i've probably played one story mission after the last time we talked but okay so i've got to the point where i've unlocked africa now right i haven't i haven't haven't gone to it but i probably roughly where i am or slightly further i might be a tiny bit further yeah so I don't know, mild st- spoiler, I suppose, but I'll use terms that perhaps don't make any sense if you haven't started the game. Um, I've just done the mission where you properly meet Sahelanthropus. Yep, yep. Boy, that mission—that's um, it's long. It's long, and that ending section. Yeah, it's not great. No, <laughs> I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was great. Jeez. Anyway. I mean, it looked cool at first, and then actually doing it, I was like, wait, wh- wait, what? How- yeah, how I- it's like, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah. It's, and it's like, it seems deceptively easy at first, but then it's like, oh no, I actually need to get on the helicopter and they whilst I'm land. being spotted the entire time, and the helicopter won't land if it knows you're spotted, and oh, oh okay, this is actually really, really difficult and I mean, not how, fun at all. How did you end up doing it in the end? I, I sort just... of cheesed it, because you yeah, can use too. the helicopter as a distraction. Right. Um, and so I, I ended up... Also didn't help that, you know, because of the, the, the way that things were set up with the quiet mission before it, um, you know, that it made it sound like bringing that little uh that little walker um was a choice and it's like and that it was an important choice so for a while i tried to like bring that with me which really really doesn't work (laughs) that was a terrible idea i'll try and bring the d walker i wish i hadn't i yeah it made it seem like i almost had to use the d walker or whatever or yeah but i I mean you can use it to like like, quit you know if you don't mind going loud you can use it to just run out of the base machine gunning everything in your way which is well i I tried well i tried to run out of the base and not kill anyone which was really difficult um because they they seem determined that i should use this thing but i think it Mm. would have been better if i just sneaked out um with you're probably right i mean it would have been long which yeah and difficult to do that but it's like but yeah i just got on the thing and ran out the back just machine gunning anyone that saw me (laughs) it was just it was fine it worked that's cool and then obviously you hit the cutscene, and then it's all gone to hell anyway yeah Um, but yeah, I, I, it's sort of a shame, really, because I mean, it's cool to see the Metal Gear and everything, and like that mission is long and and like cool because you have to sneak into two bases, and they're both interesting and like well, well yeah, that, done. That, that, that second that second base is really big and kind of irritating, really but I had a fortunately timed sandstorm that helped a lot. <laughs> so did I. I had a, a convenient sandstorm, and I accidentally. You know how I've, I always forget about the box and then I accidentally activated it and it was like, oh, this is actually really useful at this point. <laughs> so oh, okay. I bo- yeah. boxed my way um, to the hangar or whatever. and then uh, Yeah, the one thing to work out that, that yeah, I, I figured out you have to be quite careful as is like sneaking with the box still on yeah. makes you way more visible. <laughs> right, yeah, than if you like, were just normally sneaking. Yeah, a dude crouched down walking across a... Uh, um, you know, an open airfield or whatever is decidedly more stealthy than than a, a moving a moving cardboard box. box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Sort of makes sense. Yeah. Sort of, sort but it's of. when it, when it's stationary, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Then you cut. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Uh, that, that, that bit was yeah that, that mission I, I mean the one thing I wish was better in the game is the checkpointing system often it checkpoints you way too far away from the base and like you have to yeah. do the whole it can take quite a long time to get up to the moment where it's your success or failure is on a knife edge yeah and it's okay. like and I find yeah. most missions often have a moment like that I think it's, it's the nature of it is that they yeah have those moments yeah but I just wish that then didn't take me so long to get, to get back, back to, to that it. point and it's I find no, that no. really tedious if especially if I've done the area three or four times and each yeah. failure has been because of something that didn't really feel like my fault it does have that stealth game problem still I mean this happened to me and it really pissed me off because the next mission uh well the first mission in Africa not to spoil it, but it's a huge base, and obviously you checkpoint on the edge of the base. And then it took me ages to get to the first objective. But then, oh, you can watch out for this as well. Maybe there's another way of doing it. But anyway, you have to go into an area um, and plant some C4, right? right? And there's a door, like one of those doors on the chain link fence that goes mm. into the area. And I don't think there's any other way in or out of that area like no secret way like it's a chain link fence around it so you have to go through the door and that's fine but then the door closed after me so when i tried to sneak out and there's guys on the other side of the door but they're looking the other way but it's so hard to like open those doors without slamming them it's like yeah. i was moving then, as slowly as i could yeah, and, then just, just, and then he just punches the door open yeah, and it's, and it's like just, oh everyone knows where i am now shit. It just fucked everything up and it's yeah. like and i had to go all the way back to that and i literally had to come back the next day to do to do that one because i was like so annoyed by that and it's like i'm sure i've played games maybe i think i'm thinking of rainbow six where you can like activate a mode where you gradually open a door oh yeah no that sounds like that that sounds like a vegas thing yeah yeah so you know it's like come on guys uh and i what i also tried the second time around i tried like um going totally prone and like crowd and like um crawl what's it called what's it what's it called the movement when you're totally prone where you kind of swim okay, along okay. the ground. What okay, would you call it's that? Just crawl? Oh, it's, it's like oh, a kind of it? crawl. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I tried to do that through uh, the, yeah, through the door, cool. and the door just doesn't open if you try to do that. No, so you have to I've, be crouched. I've, I've had real problems with that as well. It's like, actually, in fairness, like most of the times I get caught, uh, yeah, a good most, actually, yeah, most of the time I get caught, I've had a problem with the control. Like um, yeah, so, this is what I was complaining about from from Grand Zeroes. I think it is better, but I still think it isn't quite as no, controllable it's, it's, as Winter Cell. It's, it's moments with slopes and moments where you need to get over something, like the the vaulting or whatever, like when or clambering, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's when you have one of those and you're relying on the timing of a moment of that, and it just doesn't work, or for some reason the prompt doesn't appear, or for some reason you then slip down a tiny bit of bit of rock. And it's just like, oh, this is all kind of hell. There's nothing I can do about this. Yeah. Like, okay, I've had. Do, do you know there's an area in Afghanistan which is basically a classic square fort, right? And it's, yeah, yeah. I found that area one of the most irritating in the games, like because I would always get right up to the fort and then something would go very wrong, right? As I was going in. Um, yeah, I know the one you mean because uh, you go to that quite a lot if you do side ops. That's yeah, there's like two or two or three variants of it, and it's like yeah, the guard placements are slightly different each time. And, yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Which is uh, good. So obviously, yeah. But look, so the first time I did it, I thought I had it. I thought I had it d- down, and like there would be a, yeah, like go all the way around the back. There seems to be a nice overhanging ledge by which I can jump down onto something. I can get the radar, two of the radar dishes as I go, um, or you know, plant C4 on them later. Yeah. Um, so the first time I did it. Um, there was a guy up on the um, 
on the ridge that I just couldn't see at all. And when yeah. he spotted me, it's like, oh, that's fine. I'll just reflex mode, tranquilize yeah. him in the face. Yeah. Except the precise moment I pulled out my gun, Snake then got stuck in a sort of I'm falling down the slope loop. Oh, no. So I'd slide down. The, I'd sl- yeah, I'd slide down the slope and then bring up the gun again, only to find that I now can't shoot this guy's head. So I'd move to the side slightly, and then he'd do the slide down the slope animation again. It's like, oh, God damn it. And then, of course, that was, I was screwed. Run out from, reflex, yeah. I was screwed from that moment on. Um, yeah. And there's too many guys in that base to try and go loud. No, you um, can't really. It's quite a busy one. Yeah. yeah, that's a difficult one. So I got screwed up by that. So I did the whole thing again, same route, went to the same place. The guy wasn't there that time, and I thought, okay, fantastic. Let's just All is well. All is well. Um, this oh, this ledge is quite nice. I can use that to drop down. Um, so I'm, I, I, like, obviously I was very careful before dropping down, because obviously that means doing a jump and probably making a large noise and yeah. being quite obvious. So I look around everywhere that I possibly can and be, nope, that's fine. Jump down. The moment I jump down, it goes into combat alert immediately. Right. And like someone had obviously seen me, it goes into reflex. I, st- I just uh, look around and stand up and I can see nobody like, right. anywhere. I don't That's know where this, where this fusion has come from. So I just, oh, maybe I can hide it out. Maybe they actually don't know where I am. But no, like 50 guys just come up the stairs and it's like, well, fuck, what the hell just happened? Shit, okay. Um, that sounds like bad luck. I haven't had anything like that where I didn't third, know who spotted me. Or... Yeah. So third time, I attempt the same thing. Um, drop down. No problems at all. Um, and then cool. think, right, you know, I'll just climb up on top of this outpost and place the C4. The prompt to climb, even though the design of that um, uh, outpost is exactly the same as the one with the other radar shoes on, I can't climb off, climb off the sandbags onto the roof on there. It just oh. doesn't appear. So right. I'm there sort of just going, well, why can't I do this? And I'm pushing Y and like going, well, like, why can't I, I? I could do this over there. Why can't I do this here? Um, at which point I get spotted, <laughs> obviously. And it all goes to it. It's like, God damn it. It's a little like, screwed up by like an inconsistency in the control. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what happened? The, the, oh, yeah. The fourth time, the next time I failed it, I got it right on the fifth attempt because I found a different way in. Yeah. Um, I found like a little you know, underground passage that made things a lot, a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I, I went the same route again the next time, like obviously just banging my head against a wall at this point. And I get yeah. all the way into the into the... Like onto the the you know the ramparts, I suppose. Up at the and top, find, where you need to be. Yeah. yeah, and I find a convenient hole to drop through, thinking, "Oh, this is great. This gets me exactly where I need to be." Uh, drop down. Of course, there's a guy in the room, and it's yep. like so. It goes in a reflex, and it's like that's fine. I shoot in the head. Oh, frustratingly, the guy's animation was pixel perfect to just to duck just enough behind <laughs> a box, so all I can see is his helmet, and it's uh, like, oh fuck. no. Son of a bitch. It's like, oh. I mean, it's great in the respect that it then creates a story to tell. Yeah, it does. But it is in no way fun at the time going into a base for the fifth time to get, like, fucked over by something you couldn't predict. Yeah. It's like, it would have been easier doing this if I had D-Dog, because now I've got D-Dog. Obviously, he can You'll see the guy. Yeah. where everyone is within a reasonable radius. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I probably can't do that. There's a guy right there. Yeah, it does um, make it better, less frustrating yeah, experience, I'm, yeah. Yeah, D-Dog's cool. Although I do miss being able to get... Weirdly, I do, I do now miss being able to get around everywhere very quickly because everything's so far apart. On the horse, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I know you can swap character and stuff, but you lose, like, a reasonable chunk of trust when you do that, which I think is a bad decision. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. I like, yeah. I mean, you, honestly, you, you I need to swap to like... out every now and then, and it's like, well, that's this... Or you, at least you want to swap out every now and then, but then you can't because it's like, oh, I brought the wrong guy. Like, why do they dislike being brought out of a situation? I, I don't get it. 
it's, mm. it's poor, that's a poor mechanic. Um, I think I typically like if I'm done with a mission, I typically helicopter out rather than. Uh, well, that that probably costs me more, doesn't it? Oh well. I mean, it does, yeah, because the deploy cost is quite a lot. Like, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, you're talking. Well, once you've got decent equipment and stuff, it's like several thousand GMP just to go into a mission. Right. And, so, and it takes time. So I try and queue up like a number of side ops that are close together and do them all in one go. Right. And, and then perhaps go on to a main mission because doing a main mission replenishes your ammo and stuff beforehand for free. Um, so it's like, you know, I try and queue it all up into one big session. But, you know, there are times where you just can't do that and then you've got to fly in, fly out, or you do one mission and it's, and then you go, oh, I could probably get to the other place. And then you realize how long it takes to travel four kilometers. And you're like, oh God, mm. <laughs> well, this was a bad call. I should have just flown. It would have been great if you could have called the chopper down and then just tell the chopper to go somewhere else on the map, mm. which you can do around mother base, but you just can't do in Afghanistan. No, you have to go back to the mobile command center. Thing, don't you? Which is so, yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah. Even if it just faded out, Instead of going back to the command plate and then faded back in, like straight in back into Afghanistan, you know, even if they couldn't be bothered to try and animate a flight path um, between places, I'd have been okay with that. That would have been absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, instead, your only form of fast travel is the boxed fast travel, of which I haven't found many of the drop-off points, so I couldn't really use that either. And also, and you can't use it once anything's in any kind of alert status. Yeah. Like even even if they just slightly sniff you, it's like nope, you can't use the box transport here. It's like ah, damn it. Uh, yeah, but I'm still. It's still I, good generally. Though, right? I'm still positive. It's I'm still, still positive on it. It's I'm still, still yeah. I like I like having long sessions with it. I like yeah. having. That's what I need to get back to. I just haven't had time, but maybe in the new year. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. It's going to take me a long time to get to the end of this game. Never mind. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's just I think that as it gets more difficult, as it like tries to increase the the stakes, I suppose, mm. um, that you know some classic stealth games problems are starting to to irritate me. I think the idea but, is that that will get mitigated by equipment and bodies and shit. So, yeah. yeah, well, but then the enemy's equipment makes that worse as well. It's like mm. <laughs> you know the enemies start getting tougher, and then you have to run those combat deployments to try and uh, disrupt the supply of helmets to people. And it's, mm. Uh, you know, which is interesting. It's but cool idea. Like when, when you when you come across people that have now got hella equipment, and they're just like, "Oh God!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. How the hell am I going to deal with these guys? Turns out, choking them out is still possible. <laughs> yeah, choke them out. That's a trick. There's two of them standing next to each other. It's slightly annoying. Often you can grab someone without someone who's standing right there noticing, though. It's... Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I've, I've had some. I had one moment where that's worked perfectly. Where if you use D Dog's bark. Um, Right, it, it's, it's, it's like doing the yeah, it's like doing the lure, but for a longer range. Right. Um. So you get like probably the two guys standing together coming at you at once. Right. Um, so if you very quickly like grab the first guy around a corner and just go for the kill option, I know that's not how you're playing, but if you yeah, it's the one time where this makes sense. It's go for the kill option because it's fast, um, and then you're still ready to uh, grab the next guy and interrogate the second dude. I mean, it is if you're not going for inter- well, no. It is possible to quite quickly grab a guy and then and then go to trank the other guy. You know. Oh you can, yeah, if you, you if you if you grab and then bring and up then, the gun while yeah, holding him, yeah, that, that that's worked a few times. Yeah, it's a, it's risky because yeah, it's, it's it, it, the window the window is smaller. Yeah, but it does work. And also, sometimes if you're actually close enough to use the knock lure, sometimes that will actually only 
like both guys will notice it, but only one guy will, will go investigate. investigate. Yeah, that's quite good. Which is useful. And sort of makes sense in terms of being a guard, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe one of them would stay and I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's better to stick together. Anyway. <laughs> Who knows? But it yeah, it's 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 neat how you can how you can play these things against each other. I'm not sure I'm using many of the crazy tricks. Like no, I, me I, I I looked up some of the stuff about box tricks and it's like, yeah, this is quite a lot here. Yeah. I've used the one which is actually I think a glitch, but is kinda of useful in this if you have the box equipped and you start edging your way down a cliff, you start clipping the edge of the cliff. Yeah. Like making the, the fall not kill you instantly. Ah. Which I, I've, I've been caught out by the sort of full damage thing. Yeah, me too. The, the, there's too much of a fine line between, yeah, I'm absolutely fine between, no, I'm totally death. dead. Yeah. yeah. I um, think that falling is the only way I've got into that state where you have to, like, you know, um, like, oh, heal, heal yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got, uh, uh, yeah, I've been shot a few times and, like, had to, had to deal with that because, obviously, you know, I'm not as good at stealth, so I end up going loud more often than I'd like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going loud is becoming less and less of an option as the game yeah. goes on. Um, but, yeah, there's been one time where I've just been in the middle of a firefight and just, you know, I'll just casually heal up. I don't, let's see Fixes if this works. Yeah. And, like, you know, the whole sequence has played out without me getting hit for some reason. Right, <laughs> and it's cool. like, oh, I'm all right. <laughs> let's carry on. It's a Metal Gear. It's a weird-ass thing. It's a weird-ass, really good game. Oh, and I only half-cheesed the quiet fight in the end. All oh, right. Okay. I thought I'll knock her stamina down with one Wonderful supply thing. drop. Yeah. Um, and then I'll see if I can do the second half properly. It's not that tricky. I mean, no. I guess you'd, you'd probably have run out of. You might have run out of trank ammo at some point because it doesn't do a great deal of stamina damage. But mm. uh, you could always have just called in another supply drop. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, it was actually it wasn't so bad once you had D Dog because if she managed, if she moved somewhere real close, well, I actually got quite lucky at the end to be honest. Like because she moved close and started then just basically moving around me fairly close on so as soon as she uncloaked shall we say yeah potentially minor spoiler alert um you yeah you just shoot her immediately and then she'd move on again and it's mm. um you know if you got good at spotting her trail mm. it wasn't it wasn't bad at all yeah it's a cool environment it's a cool little well. yeah it's a cool little fight i enjoyed yeah. it very very metal gear feeling boss moment oh definitely which is what you want Yep. Yeah. Sort unlike maybe ways. unlike the uh the stompy robot. But, uh, mm, yeah. But anyway. Mm. I can I can <laughs> I can give it a pass. It was only five minutes of gameplay in a giant game, so No, it took me much longer than five minutes. <laughs> I had a real problem with what, it. What to work out how to fucking get past well, the I, just had, I just had to get lucky really, because every yeah. time I had an opening it it closed it fast. Yeah, I can't remember how I did it in the end. I think I, it involved like galloping from one end to the other really quickly. Well, that um, was all because that's the path it takes, right? But yeah, then every now and then it goes off the route and you're like, yeah. oh god, what do I do now? It's just gone and crushed all the trees I'm hiding under. Shit! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's got those weird little helper dudes or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, that was that was irritating. Yeah, I got. I just got lucky in the end. It didn't. It wasn't really a strategy. It was just, oh, it's wandered off. Quick, move the chopper. But then it spotted the chopper moving. Oh God, we'll move it back. Mm. And then it turned around again. It's like, oh, it hasn't got time to turn around. Quick, get over here. Get over here. <laughs> uh, it was dumb. It was dumb. Uh, this is Pequod. It's, it's Arriving Pequod. shortly at LZ. I have had my chopper blown up once. 
Oh, really? I, nice. uh, well, I, I dropped into what it said was a danger low combat zone, but then everyone yeah. shot it down soon after I arrived. Damn it. And it's just, and, you know, it doesn't seem to matter very much. Miller's just like, yeah, I'll get the backup chopper. <laughs> cool. Which is also um, called Pequod, of course. Yeah, it's always Pequod. Uh, yeah, so I've been, uh, played quite a bit of that. Um, we already talked it rarely. We already talked Rocket League, and I'm still playing Halo, which had um, a bit of an update. Um, to, so Forge mode is finally in the game. Uh, it sounds pretty extensive. <laughs> okay, it's like I haven't looked at it too deeply, but it's there are there's nearly like two thousand custom objects in which you can like use to design levels with, uh, and things like that. It's 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 probably the biggest Forge has ever been. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what comes out of that, given that things like Big Team Battle and stuff were built using Forge. Mm. The, um, it's like, yeah, this it's, it, it's, it's could, could keep the game going from, wait, for a long, long time. Um, also, two new maps dropped, uh, two new official maps, not Forge maps uh, this time. So you know, we've got you know, a properly built um, Warzone area and a new, which, you know, they're pretty big areas, so that's no yeah. That's no small small thing. That brings the total up to four Warzone maps and uh, and a new arena level as well, which I haven't come across yet. Um, uh, so that's cool. Uh, the free support is beginning, and they also started the they, all the rankings got reset as well because they're starting to do their seasonal ranking system now, whatever they define as a season. Um, so that's a bit annoying. All my previous ranks are now gone. Got to re-earn them. Mm. And frustratingly, one of my favorite playlists, Big Team Battle, has gone into unranked. And it's like, ah, <laughs> I quite like that to stay, to, to stay as it was, thanks. But never mind. Yeah. Halo 5 continues to be awesome. And that's me. Boom. And that might be the cast. That might be the cast. How are we doing for time? Get I haven't actually started on schedule today. Well, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're a little over, but you know, <laughs> back, back to our normal sort of overrun, I suppose. Okay, cool. Well, listeners, join us very shortly, or soon, uh, should I say, for a Game of the Year podcast. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Um, so have a great Christmas, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you in the new year for that one. I might have to play Fast Racing Neo. The draw is too big. I don't think you should resist that draw. <laughs> uh, it looks good. It looks yeah. real good. <laughs> well, it looks okay. I'll probably have an okay time with it, if I'm honest, but it's, oh, it's future racing. I can't resist. <laughs> don't say no. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll catch you for that. So um, join us next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening from 2014. <laughs> yep. <All 16>. 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.